Hello, friends. You're now listening to the lifestyle, leisure, and sports show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I just said I'm it on the radio. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Look sure it up. Because it's Hulk sure Hogan. Is. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. And he's from Hollywood, brother. <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. Right, let's do a live on a Tuesday edition of the program. Bo and the boys with you for the next three. A little Shelly time. The return to Shelly time. Curious how his time off went, although obviously he worked over the weekend. Jacket's back at it. Uh, he will join us at 933. Dami coming up at 945. A uh, little bit of an early hit. Uh, for a little bit of Tuesdays with Tavari. Um, I was on with the Juice Boys this morning, and we're discussing. It's, I think it's like decent chance I cracked a rib last night, so I had to play. We did. I had not had to. I really enjoy it. We do did father-son game in the fourth grade last night, and um, that's still an age where just being a man, like physically, there's not a whole lot they could do. Like when it, when it comes time to rebounding and, and go time, you're going to be okay. And so all the dads played. It was awesome. Um, had some of the little siblings playing and, and, uh, and wives as well, moms as well. And so, um, that one went very well, but it, we played for about an hour and 15 minutes and it, it was chaos, but largely fun. Very fun. Very rewarding. And that led into sixth grade practice, which followed. And so we have, it was the last. It's 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 the the last like true practice I have with NBC. So any anyone who's listened regularly knows that I've coached him in football, uh, in basketball. I usually take off lacrosse. I used to coach him in baseball when he played that. Um, but this is it. So from here on out, he's going to be coached by paid coaches the rest of the way. The daddy coaching is done in the sixth grade. And so we had one more normal practice. Then we'll do the father son or mom son game coming up. Um, I think in in two weeks will be that. But because of an extended break that they have, this is their last like practice practice. So we have three guys who've coached together for three years and we were down a kid. So we had to practice kind of the whole time um, with them. And one of the kids, I don't think it was in purpose. Cause I think he's one of the, I think there's like five or six that genuinely like us. And I think there's two that hate us. And I think the one of the five or six that genuinely like us, there's no question. He winged me. I mean, it was an elbow. I went to double team him. They were working on how to get out of a trap it was a flying burrito right to the right to the upper rib, upper rib cage. And as I breathe deeply, or if I clear my throat, there is pain. And so I think it's a decent chance we may have something here. Now, I, there's nothing you can do for this, right? You just deal with it and, and that's it. Um, but it, it did occur to me that we will, we, I'm going to have to play father son against them. And like, I guess it's, it's two weeks from Thursday. I'm going to have to do it. And like, we, we're going to have to go like they're, they're at the age now, like they're big. They're, they're some of them are starting puberty and they're stronger and faster and they're kind of organized and like, we're going to have to go or else they're going to win. And I, I'll be damned if I'm going to let that happen. Like we can't let that happen already, but that was kind of a reality check last night of like, okay, I might, I might have to get some shots up between now and, and, and two weeks from Thursday. Yeah, so what you're saying was you guys just had to participate because just of practicing numbers with yesterday. Them. We were down kids. This wasn't so the, had, the official no, father-son no, game. Um, so are there any parents in the years that you've done this that you've ever had to tell them to tone it down during yep. a game? That, hey, you're going a little too yep. hard or they're still children. <laughs> you're going to have to pull it back. Oh, baby. Bit. 
Maybe the kids are finally starting to feel that they can get up on you guys. There's something they can do that you're not impervious to them. And maybe this elbow was a uh, no intentional. Yeah. Well, you guys, do you remember like when you finally could beat a parental figure at something? Yes. Do you remember the moment? Like I remember it vividly. Beating my dad in basketball in the in like the driveway. Yeah, yes, I correct. remember that for sure. Yeah. yeah, Reese, you remember the moment where you were like, "Oh yeah," not particularly. No, you could never outrun him. Oh You're no, You're a runner. No, I still can't. Still uh, can't. Now I can. He's got uh, two knees that aren't his original ones. <laughs> that <laughs> that helps. No, no, that helps. But that's the only thing. Like yeah. that was the only way it could happen was he needed science to help him. But it's that's interesting right. to me that you've always talked about why you stopped playing pickup basketball because you're worried about lower leg injuries. Yeah. And here you are with a back and a rib yeah. injury. Anyways. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I was terrified about the Achilles too because despite being a man, I'm 40, I still think that I'm like 27 in my head. And so when when it came time to play fourth grade father son, did I take a warm up shot? No. Did I do a layup line? No. Did I even do like the cable man stretch? Just no. Bend down, I touch your knees do at least. Just Nothing. check it. Yeah. Zero. Check in. Go. Like and then all of a sudden it's like the ball tips and you start to run and you're like, oh, this isn't how this is supposed to go. This used to be a lot more fluid. The first shot I took, I lifted like a, a decent jump shot. First shot I took, I lifted maybe two inches off the ground. I'm like, okay, we got to get we got to get lubed up here a little bit. Got to get a little five minutes in after the kids score yeah. their first basket. You're going down there thinking you're well, Dr. J. You're trying to go down yeah. under the rim and back over them. Yeah, no, it's it's pure joy to do it. Uh, do you ever just block one of their shots? Just to- oh my god, there was yes, of course you do. Um, and you know they the the thing is is like they are pretty lippy. Even in the fourth grade, like they think <laughs> you guys have no idea what we can do. We're just yeah, waiting to get a little They're hot stuff. For sure. Yeah. And so they're running their mouths. If they hit a three, they're, they're pointing to their heads and hitting three. I mean, all this nonsense. So like, yeah. Like, and then, then as, a, as the parents, you're like, well, you can't let this happen. And I mean, I remember, I remember vividly beating my dad in, I was in seventh grade. And he didn't play much basketball with us, but if he did, it was a big deal. And I remember like beating him. It was him and my brother against me. And I remember beating them and it was like, he was pissed. Like he was <laughs> stomped off, like not happy, like couldn't talk about it. That was it. Where do you think um, NBC is in his crossing of the Delaware river to beating close. you? Last summer, because I don't have a lot of energy to, if I went to the rim every time, I'm still significantly bigger than uh-huh. I can just do that. So I just shoot jump shots when I play him. And last summer, he almost got me. Um, I just, you know, shots weren't falling and he almost got me at the end. So it's coming. He's, it's, it's absolutely coming, which actually led us to, um, we, we I used a Joe McCoy analogy on the show this <laughs> Great morning. Great dad. Fantastic dad. Everything you'd want in a dad. Cause we got a little situation like that that's kind of, start, well, it's, long been happening and and it's a tough spot when you see what's what's happening it's stuff on the kids stuff it's stuff on everybody man when you see this um and it it got me thinking because bob hadn't watched friday night lights which is stupefying to me that he that he hadn't watched it he would love friday night he would adore friday night lights and i i finally got you to watch it right like no, was I rewatched it? it. I'd watch. I oh, watched, you watched it when it was oh, originally Jen hadn't on. Watched it. Yeah, Jen hadn't watched it. Jen right. hadn't watched it, and you've seen it, right, Reese? It's been years, but yeah, but you have. Because yeah. I love the movie, so when I saw a TV show with the same yeah. name coming out, I was I was all in even I mean, back then. Yeah. So I read the book before the movie, before the before the TV show, um, and as I was, I, I was could not believe Bob hadn't seen it, 
And as I was thinking about it, um, after I got off with them and I was texting him in his break and I said, I, th- I really think it's the best show to watch with a significant other ever that you'll both adore it. Like there's no, Amy and I are watching Fargo season five. Like at the end of it last night, she's like, we have to cuddle. I'm going to have nightmares. So that's a big deal in the forties. Like you get, we got to cuddle. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me, this is what it's going to take. Like you don't have to deal with any, there's no murder. There's no, well, well, <laughs> there's one nonsense, but like that, I think it's, I really stand by it. I think it's the best show that's at the best show that you could uh, binge that you're that you will love it as much as your significant other. I think that's a fair play on that. I mean, I think it has to take like the you, you both have to like football at least. Like you mm. need that prereq a little bit. I think not that you the think? football is huge in there, but I, I maybe that just makes it better that if you like the football because the football is entertaining, not because it's good, because it's ridiculous. Sometimes and, it's really bad, especially. In but the if you have season. the understanding of football, it just makes you go, okay, they are just going way over the top with this. But yeah, it's always been good because the Coach Taylor Tammy Taylor relationship has always been a really good representation yeah. of a real marriage. And so then sometimes she wins, sometimes he wins. Sometimes it's a little bit more ambiguous. So it's also yeah, like thought provoking and you can talk it through with your significant other too. Yeah, I think it's it. I think it's the one. I it it's I think it checks every single box that you would want. I do think being here helps. You know, if you but if you if you're any if you grew I guess maybe some of the my affinity for it is small town. There's a small townism to it. it yeah, and there's some people who just real. will not understand the high school footballness of it all. And yeah, like and I, I, no... but I think you can translate that. You could transfer high school football to if your town loved high school basketball or whatever. Like I, I think it could be anything, but football's different. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that when Buzz Bissinger wrote the book, um, it was uh, Valdosta High in South Georgia. It was Permian High in Texas, and then it was Massillon. Well, those were the ones mm-hmm. that he was he was considering um, to to try and follow. And the the crazy thing about the book, which the movie is pretty close to point for point on it it's pretty close it'll take a little bit of dramatic license but not a whole lot um and the series actually the way that it starts is very similar um like it's one of those things perfect place perfect time like perfect city to do it it all worked it crossed it checked the book checks every single box that you would want he just stumbled into it yeah and i think the book would have been an interesting read no matter what but like everything that happened in that season and then the biggest change i would say and I don't know how many people know this, but they played Dallas Carter actually in the semifinals, not Correct. in the state final. But that team was a wrecking crew. They, I think it was Bissinger is on the DVD commentary, and I listened to it years ago. But at one point, they go into like what Dallas Carter was like, and they were talking about the way the kids just essentially got away with everything at the high school. Like yeah. They were just running amok because the football program was the, the most important thing. Just like things they were doing between class and stuff. It just, yeah. I, I don't even know if I can repeat that stuff. There on was the air, a 30 really for 30 on Dallas Carter. Really? Yeah, there was that one then. on them. Yeah. They, they did a 30 for 30 on Dallas Carter because of the way that that story has been told from their perspective. I think the only thing that they don't do is a good enough job in either the book or this, the movie is they don't talk about what's the, the backup is Chris Cormer, Cormer, Comer. Comer, how great he actually is because mm-hmm. the next year they win state and he's the best player in the state of Texas. He was just year. backing up Booby Miles. Like they make it yeah. seem like he didn't even like know, know how, how to play, play football. football at first. Right. It's like actually he was unbelievable uh, at the sport. Uh, we did catch, I did, after all the hoops, I did catch the end of the Cavs last night. You got to, I mean, the guts 
it's done. Like they're down seven, they're down 10, then they're down seven. Uh, and what we're watching with NBC and he was like, uh, my, my wife is really into it. And, and he was like, mom, it's over. They're down seven and they get a shot at the buzzer. It's, I, don't, I don't, I don't, Reese, I didn't like the, I didn't like the play like Mitchell to the rim. I think that's tough. He was trying to draw the foul, but yeah. they kicked it. He ended up gets his own rebound, kicks it to Garland. You get a he gets a wide open look. It's like eventually the right move is made because if you know, uh, as a Cavs fan, I was like, oh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you're down ten with ninety seconds left, and you're like, this is over. So yeah. the fact that they fought back the the game, because um, I I was excited. Obviously, they're going for ten in a row, but I kind of felt like the Cavs did through the first three plus quarters. Just kind of like, eh. This is all yeah. right. It's all right to be here. Like yeah. Sixers are still a good team. Sands, Joel Embiid, sure. Um, Buddy Hield's been a nice addition for them, but they just they effed around, and then they, they found out with you know two minutes, like oh we got to kind of go here, and yeah, I think Darius is absolutely the right guy to have in that moment. Yeah, the, the Donovan Mitchell one, he's going to try to draw the foul, but one of those two needs to have the ball in their hands with the last shot to mm-hmm. either tie it or win it, and it stinks that the streak is over, had to end sometime, but. That's a really that's a really fun Cavaliers team. If they you are. haven't experienced it yet, and I know a lot of you, you know, out there, uh, there's trepidation because of how bad Bally's is, but it's enjoyable when you can catch them on yeah, a nationally good. televised stage. They they are good. They are a fun watch, and they're going to be something to monitor here over the next uh, next couple months. Uh, another thing to monitor will be the NFL offseason. An interesting move, not in and of itself, but what it could mean. For a former Buckeye quarterback, we'll get to that story coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. A lot has changed in 30 years, but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and well-loved. And well, we smell a little, but you've accepted that. The After putting up with Tom Tiberi for a decade, the broadcast gods gave Bo these two. This is Bishop and Friends. Yeah, there's no better time to sign up for that Tipico Sportsbook and get in on the betting action. The basketball, the hockey, the golf is fun. The biggest college hoops tournament in March right around the corner. Plenty of games to bet on to win big. So take advantage of those massive odds boosts for the biggest payouts. Try the new parlays where you can pick how many legs you need to hit and cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim the new sign-up bonus. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get your bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more. Uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday in in respect of what Mahomes makes NFL teams, specifically NFL teams in the AFC, do. There has to be a reaction to that. And the best example of that is one that we saw a couple of years ago around here when the Browns made an executive decision that Baker Mayfield could only take them so far. And that in order to get Pat, I think probably the biggest catalyst in the Baker Mayfield trade, however, was not Mahomes, but was rather Burrow. It was that dudes in our division were not any. What's ironic is the Browns beat the Bengals a lot, but there was this realization of, oh, they're going to have him for the next 15 years. There's a level of play that that we're not quite there yet. So we got to do something about it. That was the thinking in the moment. Um, now, it, it hasn't worked out for off-field reasons and even when on the field, it, it hasn't worked out um, the way that anybody up there thought, which is probably why they had the changes that they made on their coaching staff to try to find a way to get the most out of the guy they acquired and gave all of the money to. But it came down to we are not elite enough at quarterback to win in the AFC. You have to have a Mahomes. Allen hasn't even broken through. You have to have a Burrow. You have to have that type of elite play to be able to do it, which leads us to 
the, that division right now. We talked a little bit about the Bengals and the Browns. Obviously, the Bengals with a healthy, healthy Burrow, you're in the mix. But Pittsburgh is in a different spot. So they have drafted Kenny Pickett. He has played two seasons. He is honestly exactly what I thought he would be. That's what he's been. Very, very average and a pretty hard ceiling on, on where he could take a, a team. In fact, you would, you would argue that the best quarterback play they got, I would argue the best quarterback play they got this year by a decent distance was Mason Rudolph, the way he played down the stretch, which is troubling considering he's been there for a very long time. Uh, they had Mitch Trubisky on that roster as well. They signed him initially to be able to back up Kenny Pickett. I said they had because he is no longer with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which leads to, so what are they going to do at quarterback? So Adam Schefter was on McAfee uh, yesterday and spoke about the Steelers and what they may do at quarterback. There's an obvious connection between the offensive coordinator and the quarterback, and we'll see whether anything comes to that. We know that Pittsburgh's going to go out and get some type of quarterback, whether that's Ryan Tannehill, uh, whether that's Russell Wilson, oh, whether that's Justin Fields, oh, oh. Uh, who, who, Justin Fields, I know uh, Mike, Mike Tomlin's a big fan of Justin Fields. We'll keep that in mind during the offseason of the coming weeks. Wow. So there, there, there'll be a decision that that organization has to make in terms of the quarterback that they want to bring in. Uh, but they're not just going to leave it as Kenny Pickett, his starting job. Mike Tomlin made that very clear. So now it's which of these quarterbacks – do they make a move for? Which one is somebody that they can go acquire and wh- who fits into what they're willing to give up to a, either another team or to pay that player? Schefter doesn't feel quite comfortable with the peanut gallery chime-ins. He would pause well, a, every time will, they made their little, their little things. So little it's a fine those. line. Yeah, oh, it's a uh, fine well, line between having a natural reaction to what is said, uh, a laugh or, a, oh, wow, some that that. And it's another thing to just flat out interrupt. Just so say are, something because he said a name. Right. Like the, those, there's two different things. There's a fine line as a host that you're walking. They, they probably were over it, um, with, with that one. Um, the other thing is, is because they do that show, like that's all via Zoom, right? Isn't he zooming in or something like that? He's either teamsing or zooming in. So like the audio is, it's a tough. The microphone listen. is his phone microphone. Well, yeah. Cause yeah. yesterday was, was that his debut on Raw? Isn't he hosting that now? Because when I went to go find this video, oh, there were a bunch right. of videos of Raw uh, WWE think, stuff in there. Was he I at think least he's done it for a couple of weeks? But okay. he's now Monday nights. That's he's the uh, color commentator. Okay, yeah, he's got he's being he's, he's got everywhere a lot going on. He's got a lot going on, and I don't know how it's going to because they've not addressed how it's going to change come football season. Well, I mean, just do the math. If you're if he's going to do game day again, they would typically fly there on Thursday because mm-hmm. he would. So you do, do he his does his show. Shows, he does his show from Indy on Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday. Flies Thursday to the game day spot. Does his show Friday at game day. Yeah, he's on college game day on Saturday. Um, and then does he leave as soon as that's over, or does he doesn't always stick around for that game? Like sometimes he sticks around for the game day game, sometimes he doesn't. But they tried like that Manning cast version of his show. Did they do that much this season? Not this much. They, I think they did like the national championship semifinal stuff, but that okay. was about it. And then so then now you fast forward to Monday, he's gonna have to be at the raw place. So you probably fly private out of game day back to Indy. You're in Indy Saturday night, Sunday night. 
or maybe Sunday night you fly to wherever Raw is. Depending on like how far it is, I wonder if you yeah, yeah just go straight with like, private aviation, in, like, L.A. or out somewhere out west. Yeah, or, with private aviation, it's not like he's having to worry about a flight not taking off or missing a connection. So when uh, Herbie was starting to get off the ground with ESPN, he was getting private jets everywhere. Trent Dilfer famously demanded in his contract negotiations a private jet. Who from ESPN now? will demand the Pat McAfee treatment. Like, who else is kind of in the weeds? He's bigger than If he doesn't have it already, he's the biggest. Like, Marcus Spears or... um, (laughs) I don't think they're there. Who else? Right, but in their next negotiations, like, they think to themselves, like, I can do that. Well, does ESPN even, like, how many of, like, if if it is private flights and the ESPN's picking up, like, how many of them do they pick up? Like, does, like, you know what I mean? Why why would they fly him out to Raw? Well, they wouldn't, but they, Raw would. Yeah, uh, Raw would take care of that, and th- there's a reason that when the game day picker, like the game day picker, isn't always showing up, courtesy of NetJets or whoever the private aviation company is. Like they're not always doing that. Sometimes that was a hell of an endorsement for them. That was, yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably the idea there. Real quickly on this, how would we feel about Fields from his perspective? Take your Bengals Browns colored glasses off of it, because from I think it would be I would not want it. For the for the two Ohio teams because I think his ceiling's really high, um, but for his career, I'd like it a lot. It's that's for sure as stable than as Chicago. You get. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. I mean, and that's what the Steelers have been like. We we talk always about like, oh, Mike Tomlin. He's never had this losing record. And he's been able to to keep that going, and it feels like every year it should just you know last two or three years that like oh it's gonna it's gonna fall off. Ben Roethlisberger yeah. is aging, or these new quarterbacks that they have after Big Ben left. These guys aren't good enough, but they have been that good they've even made the playoffs last year so you put in a a, a competent quarterback i think it's something that can yeah really playmaking really, quarterback really blossom for justin fields yes and a playmaking quarterback so then you have the defense playing the same way they've played on that side of the ball and then a quarterback who can actually score you know lead an offense that scores 20 plus points a game instead of 14 or whatever they're at there's a ton of talent offensively that pittsburgh's yeah. got like george pickens I couldn't imagine the the connection that him and Fields would make early and often. And I I think George Pickens is a Georgia high school kid too. I'm pretty sure. So he would go back, he would know Fields going all the way back just both being Georgia kids. It's my second choice for him. Atlanta's one cuz that's a ready-made layup. But easier division, easier path. He went to so Hoover. Pickens. Oh, he's Alabama. He's an Alabama kid. Okay. No, George, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, and then he went to Georgia for college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoover's out of Birmingham. So you got. So I got Falcons would be my first choice for him, and then my second choice would be Steelers of the available options. Um, I I think it would be. I think he'd be. I think the Bears be should keep spot. him. It's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, well, if, I, if the Steelers wanted to run back Kenny Pickens and they wanted to run back, you know, uh, was Mason Rudolph? That'd be. I think that's fine. Like they should off. That be. I think that's fine. Like they should. Remember their postseason presser. They were like, "Yeah, the quarterback on this team is the quarterback for next year is on this team." Oh, okay. We'll see. Good. One's a free agent, and the other one has been released since then. Released, yeah. Since then. Uh, Guess what? A lot of people watch the Super Bowl. We'll get to the details on that coming up next. Bishman friends, right here on the fan. Question from a listener. Do you dopes ever get tired of talking about Ohio State? (laughs) No. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at six. The. What's up? What's up, man? Hey, right, here's what's up on a Tuesday. The NFL is up in uh, in a very big way. Super Bowl 58 was the most watched television show ever. 
ever. 123.4 million watched uh, across all of the platforms. It shattered last year's mark of 115 million for the Chiefs. Uh, last, uh, they're, they're another close game against the against the Eagles with a seven percent increase. Nielsen also said this is unbelievable: a record 202 million people at watch watch at least part of the game across all networks. A ten percent jump over 183.6. The CBS broadcast averaged 120 million. The network's previous mark was for most watched was the Super Bowl was 112.3 in 2016. That was the Broncos and Panthers, which that's surprising to me. Uh, the NFL's average of 38.5 million viewers during the first three weekends, a 9% increase over last year, followed a regular season that averaged 17.9 million, tied for the second highest averages that were first tracked since uh, 1995. If you remember with Broncos Panthers, you're, you're dealing with Peyton Manning, you're dealing with Cam Newton on a crazy MVP season. It looks true. like they were going to win, and Beyonce was the halftime show. So that's another thing where it checked every mm-hmm. box of it. Um, th- there's no question that there was a, there's no doubt there was a, a tailored bump here. It has to be. I mean, it's a little of the bump, um, but it's also also a fact that this thing, this is Apex NFL. This is as big as it's been. It's bigger than it's ever been. The thing that is so remarkable about the NFL and college football is they continue to grow. I don't know. I'm sure that the the gambling is helping. That people are gambling. You know, so many more states have sports betting now that legalize sports wagering. So you have. You have that part of it that is now in play, um, but there's nothing else. And this, I'm not even talking about in. There's nothing else in sport that's growing like this, other than the NFL and college football. And there's nothing else in media. There's nothing else in entertainment that's growing at this level that that's recordable that can be monitored. There isn't. Um, there no. are every once in a while on streaming, there will be a show that takes off and becomes a huge, huge deal. Um, sometimes it happens organically, like what happened with that suit show this summer, where somehow it was like the most watched thing. On then they Netflix. were in a commercial. They were in. They one sure of the, were. One it was a good job out of them and kind of using. Yeah. It's a very enjoyable show. Overnight I, I, celebrity status there. Yeah, I watched like uh, last summer. I watched. I'm like because it was one of those ones that was served to me forever on Netflix. Uh, even before it became like when it dropped on Netflix, it was constantly like you, you would really mm-hmm. like this. So I watched some of it. It's very, very enjoyable. Well, who would have thought Meghan Markle could have just been more famous had she just stuck just with stayed. suits? <laughs> well, Eventually did she would have come back around? Didn't it? Did it just run its course? I stopped watching. I watched like part of the first season. I, I don't know. Like, I, okay. I don't think it's making new episodes now, and it's it's most popular that it's probably than bef- when it was on. I think right they're doing a streaming. spinoff. Okay. They have to. Like there's yeah, now, yeah. they're not going to be in L.A. I think they were in New York. You have yeah. to. It, you have to. You'd have to take advantage of it. It's like, not like any the of those suit people, cinematic universe. Yeah, it's not like any of those people are you know headlining a Marvel cinematic universe. Like no. get them going. Like it, it, you got a hit on your hands. Get get back to it, man. Um, but this is it. I, these numbers are staggering. It's staggering. There's no end in sight to it. It just it's a chart that just keeps going up and up and up and up and up. Um, can it? Because here's the this is the issue. Because when you're in business, you say, well, how can I get more out of it? What can we do more of? And this is what leads to Friday night games on Black Friday. This is what leads to playing on Christmas if it's a Tuesday. The, I, at some point, we're going to get tested. If, if Christmas falls on a Wednesday, are they actually going to play on a Tuesday or Wednesday? Are they going to play NFL games that late in the season? But they've done everything else. They've stolen all of your time. You will watch it no matter where they put it. And this is the this is the best example of it, is, is what happened here with the Super Bowl. 200 million people at, at various times. Crazy. I wonder what will be their first thing that doesn't 
go off without a hitch and it's just perfect and look at all the numbers that we can get and I wonder what their reaction will be there will they pull back or will they keep trying to make something work if for some reason Wednesday night didn't work on Christmas or if Friday if the the Black Friday never really catches on because we got a really bad game this year but that's part of the game so they you know they'll go ahead and go with it I one correction Beyonce was one of the guests Coldplay was the headliner in 2016 Beyonce was the headliner in 2013 but she was still there at that I should have known show. that. I was there, the one in New Orleans, when Beyonce performed. I should have known. I should have corrected. Yeah, that well, that's why after I said it, I was like, yeah, but she also was doing the Ravens 49ers one. Like, I remember that specifically, but she was in that game. The other thing to keep in mind with these ratings, and not to say that these aren't the highest rated Super Bowl ratings, it's very possible that they are, but the context has changed a little bit. So I do want to see what the numbers look like in subsequent years because Nielsen apparently started recording out-of-home viewers, uh, they, they started that back in like 2021, but this year, they started doing it in all 50 states. So I don't know how that factors in to their formula. So that's like bars? Or yeah. Like so house parties, all that? They're somehow adding people in by using that. I don't know for sure the you know how they do it, but it probably inflated the numbers slightly, and we'll see. Do next year's numbers look similar to this? So are we just going to enter this? Because that's the only thing about the ratings numbers is they need the context of the other years. That's why when Amazon puts out like their numbers, specific watchers, of course it's higher than Nielsen. It's exact and it's a different type it's a different way to measure. Nielsen is a is something where you take a sample size and then you yeah. blow it up to the size Correct. of the country. And so there's there's context to it. So I want to see what the numbers look like next year. But either way, this isn't a bad thing for the NFL. No. These are huge numbers. Nobody else getting two hundred million at any various time of their program. Let me ask you this. There's three hundred and thirty million people in the United States. Are you going to try to convince me that 130 million people didn't watch some of the Super Bowl? Do you believe that? I wonder how many people don't have a television. There are still some people who sure. don't have televisions. Yeah, so. there are. But you're even you, you didn't peek through a like. I actually think the number is low. It it's like the, you didn't see a, 330 million people in the country. You're telling me 130 million people saw none of it. I do think that. Well, I, I'm wondering this because they offered it on it was, it was CBS production. They offered it on Paramount Plus, and I yep. was reading on the artist formerly known as Twitter that there were a lot of distru- like a lot of disruptions in the streaming on Paramount Plus. Well, like, how that would have affected those numbers if they just said if they do they double dip? I guess is the first question I'm going to ask. Where if you have it on your television, you have it on Paramount Plus, and you're watching two different feeds. Say you've got the Nickelodeon one on your television because the kids yeah. they want to see SpongeBob, and you're watching the Romo Nance CBS one on your tablet. But Paramount Plus is pissing you off, so you take that, throw the tablet out the window, and you watch the television. Then you're just credited only for the television and partly on the tablet. I don't know. Here's the thing. You mentioned the the glitchy stuff that was happening. So first half, and the the place we were at for the Super Bowl party, like from a internet standpoint, would have the very best available, right? They had there were four TVs on, and some of the little kids were playing Xbox, and the How? TV, <laughs> right? The the kid, the television, and they I think they had I don't they had one of the streaming whether it's YouTube TV they had something like that like they didn't have traditional cable. And they kept glitching on one of the TVs. Like, and it, it was the one that the women were watching, all the women were watching. And like the halftime show, they were like four minutes behind broadcast. So like, I was like, as the, like the, one of the like last survivors of cable, I'm like, aha, <laughs> if you just had it plugged in, no problems. 
I'll no say, problems. I'll say the over-the-air antenna, which is how I watch most of my network there programming. That worked just fine. So if you are somebody who is streaming, that, that can always work. Plus, I found that if you just stick a, like a clothespin or a staple or like a paperclip into the little cable jack, it works just the same as the antenna. I've done that on multiple TVs before. So those antennas Listen cost like, that. they're not expensive. They're only like 15 bucks. But if you've got a few TVs in your house, try the paperclip first. See what channels you pick up because you will get a lot of them. Yeah, in second, the rabbit ears are still a good way to go. Still win. It's, yep. Yeah, it's All digital, right. but it's still the same idea. It's just you just plug it into still a different works. spot of your TV. Here's the reality. I don't know how any of it works. <laughs> I have no clue how it works. The airwaves, I don't get it. I don't even understand how we do this. You were how like, this somehow <laughs> lands in cars. I have no idea how this works. Growing up, you were uh, like Mike TV and Willy Wonka. Yeah. And you're like, I just want to be on TV. <laughs> That's it. I have no idea how it works. Tuesdays with the Barry up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We're the girthiest radio station in the history of radio. Uncomfortably girthy. This promo is uncomfortable. The Fan, Ohio's girth destination. Bishop and Friends present Tuesdays with Taberry. Sponsored by Sears Heating and Cooling. Family owned since 1950. All right, it's a Tuesday, a little earlier than normal, but uh, time to check in with our Uncle Dom. Um, hey, so I, I I was out. 11.15, I went to sleep, and I... So I, I don't even know the answer to this question. Did you have to do the news Sunday night? Oh, yeah. We went on uh, at 12-something. Uh, okay. <laughs> we, we had that uh, CBS show after sure, the Super tracker. Bowl. Little tracker? Tracker. Yeah. Yeah, I was tracking it. <laughs> so has, has any – I said this – I told this story yesterday on air, but, like, anybody who's worked for local news – um, and I understand there's not a great deal of many people who have, but for, for those of us who have, when you have a sporting event, you are at the mercy of the end of that thing. So March Madness, the Super Bowl, the worst thing is overtime because it just right. stacks. And you know that you right. got an hour from the time they get off air. So when you see that thing go, aren't you, you had to be rooting for Mahomes as big as possible when they have it at, at inside the 10 in the fourth quarter. I thought they were going to double overtime. I'll tell you what, though. That was a great game, and we were all in there. All the main anchors were in there because, you know, it was the Super Bowl. It's the highest-watched program uh, ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that. Highest-watched more than any any show they've ever put on television. That's right. And so, you know, we had all the main guys in there, and we're hanging out, and uh, it just got later and later. And then I was doing sports for the morning. Wake up, C-Bus is what it was. Just stay there. Who gets hurt? Why not? I used to say yeah, when I why was not. Uh, the only thing that's worse, the only thing that I hate worse is during the uh, NCAA basketball tournament because that's a late night when they do one shining moment. I don't need to. Just, just oh, I love get it off moment. the air. The, the worst, know, though, is the early rounds. In the old days, the early rounds when they were all on CBS, well, now they've Move them yeah. all over the Viacom property so it's not as bad or the Paramount, whatever they want to be. But in the old days when it was all right. on CBS, they would tip a game at, at 10, 11 27. And you're going, I remember one time in Florida, I said, from the three of us to the three of you, good night. Because it's 2 yeah. 30 in the morning. Like, who's watching? What are we doing? Right, right. Well, you know, I thought it was a great game. I awesome. enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. uh, it started rather slow, but then mm -hmm. it just, it was like a, a great movie. It got better the longer it went. <laughs> Um, I will tell you this. Uh, they're they're kind of you all right, brother. They're yeah, kind of right. getting they're, they're getting they're they're getting a pass, you know. But that that Kelsey uh, thing that happened on the sidelines. If they lose the game, that's a big deal. But now they're all right. shrugging it off, and you know, I mean that 
that that he was whoa i i don't think i've ever seen that have you no he was up and no he was completely out of hand he said i caught the after it went i did not watch tracker so after it went off air i i popped over to espn and berman's asked him he said you know he asked him about it and kelsey almost seemed like genuinely surprised that the cameras caught it he goes oh that you did they show that and then he kind of said like i hope my mic'd up doesn't get out on that um but then he was kind of like lighthearted about it i think you're right i i was shocked i've never seen somebody do that to a coach no. like can you imagine like somebody almost knocked him to, bodying almost belichick knocked him to the ground yeah he almost knocked him to the ground and uh you know andy reed i i give him a lot of credit that guy's uh, an offensive genius and you know obviously the the guy's won what three super bowls now he knows what he's doing but uh yeah i was a little surprised and, yeah. and if they lose that game i think that's a bigger deal than than that it is now everyone's kind of laughing it off and and whatever but i i was you know, you know, but you, you look at the 49ers, they found the, you know, the, you, you, you think, you know, you, you see Purdy in there and I thought they had found some magic and whatever, but you got to give credit to Kansas city. I mean, their season, you know, there was a point where you wondered if they were even going to get into the playoffs this year. And then they, yeah. they, they found a way to get in and they're, they're winning on the road. And, uh, you know, it all goes to show, Bo, I'll tell you what. If you want to win at this level, you got to have a quarterback, and they've got the best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, it's. I think it's what uh, it's why you know Cleveland did what they did with Deshaun Watson. It's why when you look at Super Bowl odds and the, the other than them, you know, obviously San Francisco they have the most talent overall, um, and the path is easier in the NFC. But it's Bills, you know, it's Ravens, it's Bengals. If you don't have one of those guys, forget it. And he's just uh-huh. better. Than everybody else, um, he's 28, buddy. He's got three Super Bowls and three Super Bowl MVPs. I mean, this is—he could chase down Brady. Oh yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know, depending on how they you know go from this point on, guys like Kelsey and they're not getting any younger. Um, but you know, there's going to be drafts every year, and you know, with, we know one thing with a quarterback, you're, you're long, you you know, he's 28. He's just reaching his prime, I yeah. think. You know, yes. So you know they're going to get some more weapons for him. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do in the draft and what they do to to build because they they've got some issues. They need to reload some on the offensive side of the football, but uh, you know they got it going. I mean, I mean, it would would it shock you next year if they're no. they're back in there going for a three P? No. I think it definitely could happen. Um, you know, you mentioned the Browns. If I'm the Haslam family, I mean, are you taking all, you know, you hear all the stuff. Are they, you're, you're closer than me. Are they going to move Deshaun Watson or, or are they going to, are all chips in, are all they the can't. chips in on this guy? And I'll be honest with you, Bo, I don't know that he's the guy. Well, he hasn't looked at since he's been there. Um, I mean, I think that's why they made the coaching changes they made. They, they have to find somebody that can get him to what he was now three seasons ago. Um, when he was a top five quarterback in the league, but he hasn't been that in his time there at all. Um, so, I mean, that's, and there is no way out of it. They're locked in. Yep. Think about the weapons that they've got and what they were able to do this year with Joe Flacco. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if they had an elite quarterback, a CJ Stroud, if they had a Mahomes type quarterback on Cleveland, we're talking a a whole different thing. And, you know, the, the, the problem is, 
you got the pieces and you, you need the, the main piece. And that's why they paid $230 million with all of the baggage that he had because they thought he was it. And what he was in Houston before would lead you to believe that he would be it again, and he just hasn't been. He, he just hasn't been. i got to ask you about uh, Chip Kelly. What do you make of that hire? Um, you know, there, there were a lot of people doom and glooming when the whole Bill O'Brien thing, and, you know, I had my ear to the uh, floor, and, you know, there was always a plan B. I mean, I think – they they looked a hard took a hard look at Chip Kelly before hiring Bill O'Brien to begin with, and you know I think that uh, it shows you a how bad he wanted out of UCLA, yeah, and I think that uh, it's uh, fantastic because this is Ryan Day's mentor. This is the guy that coached him in mm-hmm. college. This is the guy that brought him to the National Football League two times. And so I think uh, if, you know, you think of back when Urban Meyer got hired, he used to go visit with Chip Kelly oh, yeah. to talk about the innovative offense he was running. Chip, you know, everyone, you know, the, the college football, National Football League, everybody steals everybody's stuff. But this is the guy that had innovated, you know, that spread offense mm-hmm. and did what he did. And I'm excited for what he can bring here. I mean, you look at some of the great players he's coached. And you look at what they've got coming into Ohio State this year, and we talked about it. You know, I look at this Ohio State roster. I look at Georgia's roster, and I think those are the two best rosters in college football. And now I've got to give the edge to Ohio State uh, as far as the offensive, uh, who's calling the shots now but with Ryan Day and Chip Kelly. I give them the edge now. I, I agree. I agree. Going to be fun spring for sure when we get a look at all of this. Good talking to you, my friend. Have a great day. All right, hey, real quick, happy yep. birthday to my mother today, Betty. Oh, the She's angel. 29, 29 in dog years today. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. A little real truth coming up next. Bishop and friends are here on The Fan. Leaving your jackets flagship station since day one. All the goals, all the action, all the memories. Your home for the Columbus Blue Jackets, The Fan, Ohio Sports Destiny. Pull up a stool and ask the bartender for something neat. Because Uncle Bo is on the radio. This is Bishop and Friends. Yeah, indeed it is. And here for my great friends at Diamond Cellar. Excited to tell you that the Diamond Cellar wedding weekend is than ever. Go see them on Sawmill Road, February 23rd and 24th. Enjoy buy one, get one wedding bands, 20% off diamond anniversary bands. And get this, with qualifying engagement ring purchases, they're offering free diamond earrings. Yep, said that right, free diamond earrings. Over 76 years of experience, they're guaranteed lowest prices. You'd be crazy to miss an event like this. Visit Diamond Cellar on Sawmill Road for their wedding weekend on February 23rd and 24th. Been a customer with them for over 15 years. They're the best. Absolutely great. Time for the real truth. Hit it, fellas. Bishop and Friends present The Real Truth Sponsored by Diamond Cellar Over 76 years of experience And guaranteed lowest prices On Sawmill Road or DiamondCellar.com Well, we'll see if we got some real jewels for you here Patrick Oh, Mah- baby <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs Will win more Super Bowls Than the AFC North combined The rest of his career Is that the real truth? I like this one Because if you were to set the over-under on Super Bowls won by Patrick Mahomes the rest of his career, I think the number would be three and a half. Yeah. You're doing both start at zero, right? Yep, right I'm saying now, they yeah. both start at zero. They start at zero right now. You can have, for the rest of his career, 
Patrick Mahomes, or the entirety of the AFC North for the rest of his career. The smart bet would be on the entirety of the AFC North. You get four teams. You don't have to deal with... If Mahomes goes down, you're done, right? So you're done. So providing they all... Like, what would we set the over-under on the on Super Bowls the rest of his career? Is it two and a half or is it three and a half? I feel like you do three Definitely and a half. Definitely not one and a half. I feel like you do three and a half just to... Then it also becomes the question of whether or not he catches Brady. For sure. Over but like his if, catch Brady under is not still. No question. So, But if you were to set it, and I'm guessing you can't get a line on something like these, even with our great friends at Tipico, um, I would think that the number would either be two and a half or three and a half. My hunch is it would be two and a half, that he would win three more over the course of his career. So then you say to yourself, okay, do you believe, take it case by case. Do I see a Super Bowl based on where they are right now in Cincinnati? I do. With, I, it's hard for me to imagine Burrow's going to play his whole career and not win a Super Bowl. I think he, now health is huge. Mm-hmm. He's played four seasons. He's missed parts of two with injury. So two a season ending injury. So, but Burrow to me feels like, I, to me, it would be stunning if he played his entire career there and didn't win a Super Bowl. What about Lamar? I'm not so sure. He has not been I'm able not so sure on to that. get it done, obviously. So, no, yeah. I'm not so sure on that. Pittsburgh, to me, I mean, obviously they are one of the model franchises, but and it feels like they'll win a super, one Super Bowl in the course of his career. So that's two. I, I don't think Cleveland doesn't feel like it if because you, they are all of their best players are smack dab in their prime right now. The problem is if you go with the entire division. The entire division sent like who is still there, and the only guys I'm going to count that are still around are Tomlin and Harbaugh, and that's only two. And that goes from 2006 or whatever, whenever Tomlin took over. That's only two, and Mahomes has three in this period of time. I know that you, you're right. The smart money is on take the four teams. It's a much bigger chance that most of them have good quarterbacks right now. The Steelers never really fall off. They're one of the craziest organizations in the NFL as far as on-field success. Can they get back to there? They've won two this century. Joe Burrow, how could he get through? But Mahomes doesn't seem to operate in a logical plane. I would take Mahomes. Sure. I'm going to take Mahomes. Yeah, I think you can get one, two out of AFC North teams. Maybe three, but I, I think Mahomes is a better. I th- Mahomes is a better bet. Did any division beat any pocket of Brady's career? He won most of them no, <laughs> throughout that time. No, and no he had no. six. When he so didn't, the, he lost to an NFC team. So you're not even dealing with another AFC division. No, the NFC East wouldn't have had it. Um, I mean, the Super Bowl winners during that time. You know, Denver had one, Seattle had one, uh, Ravens had two, Steelers had two, Colts had one, Saints had one. Eagles had two during that. No, probably not. The, no, for sure not. The The other thing that's pretty wild is even if you go back, let's go the last two, you know, 20 years, 20 some years of the NFL, the Ravens have two, the Steelers have two, the Browns and Bengals don't have any. Mahomes has three in six years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's the. You, you say like you get the whole division, but when you start to say it out loud and you start to say, if, if there was a line on it, I think it would be two and a half would be the line. I think most people would take the over as we sit right now because he'll win that many more. It's not quite Tiger in the field territory, but when you're talking about when you shrink it down to a division and that's the field, I feel a little bit. I mean, I don't know if there's any division I take over. Maybe NFC West. Can the Rams get another one? Can the 49ers finally get on the board? Like that's what what, what, would AFC East maybe, but they have to get through Mahomes in the playoffs. Yeah. It's funny. I, 
as we I didn't intend for this to be this way, but I think the AFC North probably has the best chance. Probably. Because they have four really capable teams. But then they also beat up on each other. And sure. so, like, I know Baltimore did end up with the number one seed this year, but you're talking about the injuries for the Browns and then the Joe Burrow injury for the Bengals. Like, how often are one of them even going to have that first round bye? And even sure. also, once it goes to 18, do you think they're just going to up it to eight teams from each each conference and then there are no buys? And so you have to play four games anyways to win a Super Bowl going forward? I think it's on the table for sure. I, yeah, I would say, yeah. I just keep thinking back to the all-star team that was the San Francisco 49ers. It was inevitable. Mm-hmm. That's the problem is, like, can we, if Mahomes retired, who's going to win more in the next 10 years, the AFC North or the three Mahomes already has? Then maybe I'd take AFC North. Yeah. But he's still there. He's still there. It's, yeah, I don't know how he's going to get over him. And I don't know how he's going to get over him enough. And now, to, that's the thing. You get the once, times he does twice, win. but... To catch him and then take, then overtake, it didn't happen. But yeah, I think you're right. Two and a half would probably be the bare minimum because it feels like two more lock for Patrick for sure. Holmes. Like, yeah, they, I, to me, I would think that they'd win one more with Kelsey and then there will be another version of them. They have one of the youngest defenses in the league. So, yeah, I, you know, I think like he'll end, to me, six feels like the number he ends up with. And then that would at least match Brady's with the Patriots. With the Patriots, yeah. QB changes will dominate conversation this NFL offseason. Is that the real truth? 100% real truth. You've got, you're going to have it in the draft because you're going to probably have three of the first four picks are going to be quarterbacks. Could be the first three picks or quarterbacks. Uh, we talked earlier in the show about Justin Fields is going to need to be moved. Those conversations are taking place right now uh, with Trubisky being cut. The, the Fields conversation are taking place right now. You will have, whether it is consummated or not, the conversation will be in full swing, the combine is two weeks away. So by then, it'll be all in on on that deal being done. Tannehill, Cousins, um, yeah, this it will this will because the other thing is is all of those teams that are drafting quarterbacks. That means quarterbacks will be available. And I think based on what we just saw in the Super Bowl, like everybody understands that if you don't have, you have to have a quarterback that is healthy first and foremost. All four teams in the final four had the same quarterback pretty much the whole year. So you have to have that, and you have to chase greatness at the position. So, yeah, unlike in past years, it's always quarterbacks, but this year more than ever, it will be the quarterback that will dominate the offseason for sure. Yeah, it is the real truth because as the coach or as the quarterback switch teams, that's also something that every time you talk about that team or talk about that division that has one of those teams or one of the teams that lost a quarterback, it comes up. It's something that you bring up with that team. The only other thing in the offseason that hits that is maybe head coach. And obviously, there aren't. There's going to be more quarterback movement than there was head coach. There were eight head coaches. I think there's going to be eight different quarterbacks that we're going to be talking about. You talk about three in the draft, plus the other two that could go in the first round were the two that just played in the national championship. So they're not just like nobodies yeah. that are going to be picked in the middle or the end of the first round. Those are going to be names that you're going to keep on your mind. And then the veterans that move around. Yeah, it's the most important position on the field and in the offseason when we're all looking for a story and we're looking for ways to compartmentalize teams. The ones that make a quarterback change. I mean. Think about they're New York, so the Jets always get talked about it. But think about how much more we talked about the Jets oh, leading God, yeah, into this season. Mm-hmm. Yep. And everybody watched the same NFL season, the same postseason, the same Super Bowl that we all did. And they saw the difference that that makes. That mm-hmm. having that makes versus having eh, an all right one or a good one. Now, you need a, a great one if you want to start a run or go on a run or overtake the wizard that sits on the top of the mountain right now. 
And so teams are going to freak out about, and I don't know if freak out, I'm even using like a negative connotation. I'm saying there's going to be a lot more onus. I mean, you saw with the Browns, like the 230 million is because of a guy like Mahomes, because of a guy like Joe Burrow. They thought, okay, we've got to have it. We've got to have exactly that to do anything. Mm -hmm. The NFL should adopt the postseason overtime rules for the regular season. Is that the real truth? So here, yes. But do you want to know why the biggest reason the NFL doesn't? Because they want to fit in the time window. They make it 10 yeah. minutes and the game ends no matter yeah. what they, after they this amount of hit, time. They want to hit the second window. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, that's really all it is. Um, yeah, of course. The, the rules should be the same. There's no, what, what other sport does this? I guess hockey does it in the Stanley Cup. Like they get rid of the shootout in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And they get rid of the three different. on three as well. It's still yeah. five on so five. I guess that, that changes it. But I think it's stupid when you change the rules of the game based on postseason, regular season, it should be the same all the way through. Um, but it's just for time constraints, and they're never going to jump all over those windows. And the NFL one is also really straightforward. It's just there's another period. If nobody scores, we're we're going to go to the ne- like in the postseason. We're going to get rid of three on three. We're going to play a whole another twenty minute period. Remember the how long that game went for the Blue Jackets when they played all those overtimes yeah. in the bubble. It, it, the NFL one, the rules are too close. But yes. so different in such important ways that you end up with situations where guys don't really know the rules. And that's always been a problem for the NFL because the overtime is just confusing enough. There's m- multiple times that players have finished a game in a tie. And like the quarterback, I remember specifically, I think it was Donovan McNabb went out there once after, I think it was when he was with Washington, they had a tie. And he went out there on the podium after the game and was like, I didn't even know that you could tie. In the NFL, like d- yeah. your players need to understand overtime. Otherwise, we're playing by different rules <laughs> in the yeah, most important part of the game. So at least get to a point where everybody knows the rules and try to make them the same for postseason and the regular season. But you're right, because of the time window, they don't want to do that in the regular season. Super Bowl that can go on great. That's the only Forever. thing in the window. Right they now. want the Super Bowl yeah. to still being played. If you could yes. ask them, like, hey, do you want a hundred plus million people tuning in? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, well, why are your eyes open? Like, just yeah. keep on our product. But the idea that they've got different rules for one part of the year versus another part of the year is, I mean, football's pretty stupid. Yeah. But this is that. Like, don't have different rules for parts of your seasons. Rules week one, or rules in the, the Hall of Fame game should be the same as they are in the Super Bowl and vice versa. Yeah. Nothing should change. Agreed. Last one. This will be the most covered spring football ever at Ohio State and also across the country. Is that the real truth? It's not the real truth. Just and I, the only reason I don't think it's the real truth is just because I think beats are inherently smaller as people have cut back. Um, I think there was a time. Prop, I think probably the the apex of it was probably twenty years ago, where you had all of these newspaper affiliates. The websites were just launching all of the local television. I just think in general that it's gotten smaller in 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 total. Jerry, I make it Ohio State would know that for sure, but it seems to me like it's gotten gotten smaller. But I think in in in, pers- in the perspective of this time and place, yes, for sure. This is going to be nuts. Um, I'm trying to think of like the... I think the only thing that maybe makes it... takes a little off of it is there isn't really a... There's not a quarterback competition. No, and there's not a head so coach change, obviously, the, either. Yeah. So that, that would be the only thing that changed it. You know, like when Fields came in here, we knew Fields was going to be the starter, but we, we wanted to see him. Haskins Burrow, it felt like Haskins was going to win that job kind of no matter what based on what he did in the previous Michigan game. Um, you always look for those quarterback competitions to, to kind of see. So I, I think that's that's the only thing. Is like every, 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 We all can't wait to see this team and see them out there. 
But we know who the quarterback is, and that'll, that takes a, just a touch off of it. Buckeyes are also really hard to measure. I think that there are ways that you could say that it will be the most covered, but like as far as like television ratings or the attendance or anything, one, they're not going for the same attendance records that they were during the Urban Meyer era, so I don't even know if that one would get there because they don't push it the same way. Television ratings, people watch Buckeye spring game no matter what it feels like, but the across the country one I think is interesting because there's been so much movement and so many question marks and you know Alabama is, is starting a new coach. I think there is going to be an uptick in in spring football watching across this the board yeah i would say alabama and texas will be bonkers maybe oregon they just don't have a very big beat but yeah. texas and alabama are going to be nuts kalen DeBoer in tuscaloosa and arch like is arch really going to sit around again this this if this isn't this off season this spring isn't maybe 2015 from an ohio state beat standpoint just because Huge, you're yeah. coming off a national championship game. Because Bo's right in terms of the amount of people that do boots-on-the-ground coverage yeah. is likely different than it was more than, you know almost 10 years ago. But the fact that coming out of 2014, out of a national championship, you've got a quarterback competition, you've True. got a quarterback controversy. I think that was, if, if it's not this, then it's this is it's a second to that one. And all three were available in spring, at least we thought. At that time, including Braxton, Cardale, and JT. Yeah, yeah. Because at that point, they hadn't moved Braxton to receiver yet, had mm-hmm. they? We still didn't know that it, his shoulder was like basically completely shot. That was in the summer sometime. Yeah. Because remember, it started. there started to become rumors that he was like sticking around and trying out yeah, routes at, at the Woody. Yeah, yeah I, I do remember that. Uh, one guy who would have had a lot of fun with Braxton Miller at his uh, at the zenith of his powers was Chip Kelly. Um, I spent a week covering him when Ohio State played Oregon in the Rose Bowl. The impact that I think he can have on the Ohio State offense, what I think it will look like, we'll get into that coming up next. Bishman Friends right here on The Fan. Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year, given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The Fan. If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Hi, guys. The new year is here. And if you're like many of us, you're going to make a resolution to improve your health. But if you're being sluggish, low energy, if your sleep patterns are off, If you've been working out and aren't seeing those gains you're used to seeing, it might be time to make your resolution happen. And Tri-State Men's Health can likely help you with that resolution because, my friends, those are the symptoms of low testosterone. If you're in your mid-30s, early to mid-30s, guys start losing 2 to 3% of their testosterone production every single year. So what are some of the things you're looking for, right? Decreased libido, putting on weight, less productivity in the gym, not just seeing the gains, the poor sleep, sad, depressed, all of these things are symptoms. Go to tristatemenshealth.com. Take the low T quiz on their website. It's a simple 10 question quiz. Yes, no answers. It takes two minutes. Schedule a consult. Tristate Men's Health. They will do your lab work. They're going to get you the results in about 30 minutes. Licensed medical provider. Going to review your results with you. Discuss your options. They're going to make the right decision together with the medical team. The cost of the appointment is 99 bucks. It includes a medical consultant. They're going to check your T. They're going to check your PSA. If you have an opportunity to 
to to get treatment. They're going to take care of you. Go see my friend. They're going to take care of you out there. I was out there last week. Awesome. Awesome. Just an incredible experience from this minute you walk in the door. Give them a call today. 1-800-900-9654 or visit tristatemenshealth.com. So when I was at, um, when I was at Channel 10, I was low man on the totem pole when I first, first got there. And, um, one of the things that we would do when we would go to a bowl game is, uh, Dom and Jeff Hogan at the time would cover the Buckeyes side of things and I would go cover the opposing team. So that was LSU in the national championship game. It was Texas in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, it was Arkansas. Any, any time the opposition, whoever the opposition team, I was like Ed Werder. I was embedded with the opposition. So I would go to their practices and, and hang out with those coaches. Probably why I'm so fond of Mac Brown, because he's about the nicest guy you could ever meet, um, in the week that I, I followed the, the Texas program. So in the Rose Bowl, probably Terrell Pryor's greatest game that year, I was at Oregon practice every day that week. And it was interesting because Mike Bellotti had built that program. Um, but then Chip Kelly took it to, another level and, and turn it up to 11 and it was different. And, um, that we, we followed them that week. They were practicing in Carson, if memory serves. And I remember just immediately the juxtaposition between Ohio state's practice and Oregon's, um, Oregon's practice played music the entire time. And at that time, that was a novel concept. Like Tress wasn't playing tunes <laughs> at, at Buckeye practice. That was not in the brochure, but the second that, you were on the field at Oregon practice. The music was was humming. The tempo of the practice was fast-paced. Everything. They would go drill to drill to drill to drill. Um, Chip was very matter-of-fact. Um, and at that time, he was still an ascending coach. But I remember talking to the guys that were on the Oregon beat at that time with Chip, and he was... He was still a very, like, to himself, very private person. And there was a lot of optimism that at that time that he would be in Eugene for a long time because of that, that they knew that he had East Coast aspirations, an East Coast guy, knew he had NFL aspirations, but also it kind of felt like a fit for everybody because at that time before full NIL, Oregon was selling something very unique. They were selling Nike and they were selling jerseys and uniform combinations and facilities. Yeah, and nobody else was doing that at that time. Everybody else had a home and an away and maybe one alternate. They had infinite. And so they were selling something very specific and it was, it was kind of acknowledged on the beat there that look, Chip, Chip's not crazy about recruiting. He likes talent, likes coaching offense, but here you don't, might not need to be that the swoosh sells it. Um, and so when you think about what Chip Kelly can be here and you think about the things that his offenses were at Oregon and with the Philadelphia Eagles, remember 26 and two, Nick Foles touchdown interception, uh, the first year he's there and you think about, how it fits on this roster, I don't know how you couldn't look at it and go home run across the board. And I think some people are getting kind of stuck in the mud on his last UCLA team last year. Remember, they had Dante Moore, the freshman, start a little bit at quarterback. I would encourage you to go back to the 2022 UCLA offense, which ranked eighth in the country that year. Um, they actually finished nine and four, finished 21st in the final AP. No one would argue that, that UCLA had equal talent to the rest of the teams of the Pac-12. Um, but they averaged almost 40 points a game, as I mentioned, which was good for eighth in the country. The quarterback that year was Dorian Thompson Robinson. So DTR had played there his entire career. His, his final season at UCLA, he completed 70% of his passes. 3,200 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 10 picks. Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan transfer, was the running back. 1,359 and 14 touchdowns. 
DTR also ran for just under 700. Um, you, you start to look at like this, the way that they spread the ball out. This was something that we were critical of a little bit last year with Ohio State because it felt like so much of the eating was done at the top of the food chain and that some of the other guys didn't get to eat as much. There's upwards. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this team they had in 2022 at UCLA. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, there's 10 guys who caught more than 10 balls on that team. Uh, they spread it around. Um, and, and everybody got to eat a little bit. So when, when you start thinking about what could be possible with this roster, I don't know how you couldn't be thrilled with what he will do next year here using the components of Ryan Day's offense and then his influence on it. And by the way, much of the Ryan Day offense is influenced by Chip. He's his mentor. So they're going to speak the same language from Jump Street. The rushing sets that you threw out there are the ones that stand out the most to me because not for lack of talent at, at running back, maybe some injuries over the last two years especially, maybe limited that a little bit. The offensive line it also didn't look like it was that great. But when you bring in Chip Kelly, because – Quarterback-wise, wide receiver room, I'm not really worried about that too much as Ryan Day is here. But Chip Kelly comes in, and one, he worked with Justin Fry at UCLA. He was his offensive coordinator at UCLA before he came to Ohio State to be the offensive line coach. And I know sometimes he's drawn the ire of some fans, but I would like to see what those two can come up with together from the run game. He averaged, and I read this in the Skull session this morning, he averaged 27, his teams did, 27 carries or 37 carries, sorry, a game each of the last four years at UCLA. So you're talking about, okay, an uptick in the amount of rushes that you might see. Obviously they've, you know, they brought in a a second tailback this year, plus the guys that were already on the roster behind Travion Henderson. So they're going to have people to spread the ball around there. And that's what I would like to see that offense can be balanced in the sense that they can run when, when they want to as well. And they don't have to always fall back on the pass. Now they have to still be able to pass when they have to as, as well. But I think that that's something, like I said, that Ryan day can figure out. And then on top of that, the tempo stuff, that's where I think we saw the best of Kyle McCord was right before the half or fourth quarter drive or something. The tempo stuff. I know Kyle McCord is gone, but I still think there's something to the offense clicking in that. And nobody brings tempo to college football better than Chip Kelly. No. And we also, I'm interested to see how the uh, Will Howard thing plays into it, where you have a much more apt and mobile quarterback in a kind of offense yeah. that would allow you. I mean, you talk, he's not going to have uh, DTR numbers, certainly, um, but he's not going to be asked to do that. But then you talk about the two running backs that are factored to be 1A and 1B, and then everybody else that's, or not everybody else, but the other players that are still in that running back room. Um, if you can get offensive linemen that like to move up the field and establish themselves, like that's an offense that you can cause a lot of problems for. And you don't have to be the most physical in the world to move the ball down the field. And that's something for Ohio State. It's like this kind of fake physicality, fake physical tough guy thing that they've tried to be. And it's like, you're a Ferrari. Just go. Yeah. This is kind of the sim. I mean, this is more of that, really. Yeah, I think Howard just needs to be a threat, which is what he was at Kansas State. He ran for 350 yards, four and a half a carry, nine touchdowns. Just needs to be a threat. And if he does that... And sometimes can bulldoze into the end zone, too. That would be nice. Yeah, he'll both... He will have to bring in a different quarterback to do that. (laughs) Yeah, that that would be very helpful. Uh, Coming up next, uh, one of the most iconic athletes of all time with a new brand venture. We'll get into that. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. The Chris Holtman Daily Show is brought to you locally on the fan by Credit Union of Ohio. 
This is a Chris Holton Daily Show brought to you by Incova Insurance. Hard to not keep thinking about that Maryland win, but also, Chris, and ask you about this often, about all of the things that Bruce Thornton does. That has to be amazing to see this young man shoulder everything he does. Well, it was a, you know, it was a really good win for our kids. Um, just a great, uh, a great effort, great job of finishing double overtime, a lot of drama, a lot of plays uh, to talk about in a game like that. But um, uh, Bruce's ability to kind of c- control the game uh, there late was uh, was terrific, and then his defense and his effort on the glass as well was was really important. I think seven rebounds, but it was a really good team effort. Uh, a lot of guys stepped up and made plays, and to be able to play another, you know, Dale and give give Bruce a chance to play off the ball was important for us too. Some okay, we'll have another comment in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game changer, both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs, Encova's playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. Bottle home and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! Now, the officials have been talking for quite some time. All righty, let's see what they have to say. Upon further review, there is no penalty on the play. However, we have conferred and discovered that Bob, the line judge, has saved a boatload for his kids' college using Ohio's 529 plan. It is tax-free, accepted nationwide. Bob recommends we all go to collegeadvantage.com. First down. Well, that's not entirely unexpected. <laughs> Classic Bob. Chris, your team gets ready to play at Wisconsin. What are some of the things from the first game against the Badgers that you can, things that went well that you can build on going into this game? Well, we had stretches. We, we certainly had a chance to win it here. Uh, you look at it, and uh, we missed the front end of one and one twice late. Uh, we had good free throw shooters there on the line, too, and just missed them. Um, so we had great opportunities. They're a really good team. I think they're 11th in the country right now. So it's going to be a great challenge. And they've, they've lost four in a row, um, which. Uh, we know is is kind of par for the course in this league a lot. You get beat up. They've lost four in a row, even though they're the 11th ranked team in the country. But they're they're a terrific team, and they'll be obviously really hungry there at their place. Okay, this is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Us. 
With friends like these, who needs former college football players? This is Bishop and Friends. Hey guys, it's Chops. When you boil it down to lose weight fast, there's really only two ways to do it. You can eat to lose weight or you can reduce what you eat to lose weight. The latter is where medications and hunger suppressants step in because without them, you'd be hungry all the time simply eating less. Eating to lose weight is the Awaken 180 method and the method I chose by eating. My metabolism sped up and instead of going after muscle for energy, it went right for the fat. I dropped 95 pounds with Awaken 180. I felt healthy losing the weight and I still feel healthy today because of what I weren't learned do i fluctuate a pound here or there sure but i know i'll stay in range because i know my body combine that with the free maintenance check-ins and the weight just stays off a solution for life with awaken 180 weight loss give them a call at 844-346-1800 or online at awaken 180weightloss.com bishop and friends we're sponsored by awaken 180 fast sustainable weight loss without medications the solution for weight loss awaken 180 weight loss is a a doppelganger for what Tiger Woods is attempting to do. Um, what I mean by that is a an icon, iconic athlete who had a incredibly profitable, iconic partnership with a brand and then attempted to go at it on his own after a certain point. Kobe was going to do this had he stayed alive. He was going to do this had he not had he not passed. He was his Nike deal had come up and he was going to launch Black Mamba. That brand, yeah. He was going to launch the sneakers and all of it, um, and and he was going to do it. Brady he, did it. Brady did he do it with the shoes though? I mean, I don't know what the TB12 makes, and it's not the same reach as something like a Jordan brand or even what I think a Kobe Black Mamba brand would have been. But I mean, he does it's it. hard there's, with football. There's apparel the, and all sorts of stuff on the TB12 brand. Yeah, that that's a, I don't know. That's a tricky one. I, but I don't. See, the other thing with football guys is they bounce around. Like Brady could have been an Adidas guy, an Under Armour guy. and I mean, he could have – Tiger was Nike. Yeah. Nike created a golf division for Tiger Woods. Clubs, balls, gear, all of it around Tiger Woods. And it was the most – it is on a short list, the most incredible advertising campaigns of all time. But the one thing when you talk to people in the golf industry, it was never anything that – I, I think if you got the real truth on it, I don't know that Nike ever made money on golf in terms of the the clubs and the balls and all that stuff. They eventually just got rid of them. They, and eventually, and that's why we're here. This isn't necessarily a divorce from the standpoint of we don't like each other anymore. We're, it's from a divorce from the standpoint of Nike's not doing this anymore. They're not in the golf business anymore. So Tiger launched his new brand this morning, and it's Sunday Red. So three words, which I think is interesting. Sunday Red. I wonder if that is to get around... Does like Nike, Nike own Sunday Red, possibly, or does yeah, yeah. maybe they could. Um, it is a leaping tiger is is kind of the brand of it. It is going to be an active premium lifestyle brand is going to be the operation, and then there will be golf equipment that is coincides with TaylorMade. So here's the avenue they're going. They're they're looking for for me, right? Because what what and, yes. and because here's what they're hoping for. This there is an entire world right now of and you guys have seen it probably everywhere of dress casual apparel they want so you to wear it to work the course and the club for dinner correct so it's a this is kind of the like lululemon did this with pants and now everybody does it with those pants that everyone's like you know i don't like wearing jeans anymore i'm gonna wear these these polyester things right so that like this populated like crazy and there's a billion companies that do this that that do this now and it's it's that business. It's exactly what you said, Chops. It's course. It's work. Course. White tablecloth. 
don't have to change. I like quarter zips, yeah. right? It's quarter zips. And now they've tried to make hoodies dress, which they kind of are now. Like people can wear a hoodie at a white tablecloth. I've seen, you see people wear hoodies with sport jackets now. Like that's, that all is, is, is in that world. So that's who he's going for with this. The question though is, will the people that he's targeting want to wear a tiger on their chest? I and I don't know that anymore. I like what they did with the logo where they incorporated. It's, cool. it's got like the pieces of the tiger are in 15 because he's won 15 majors. And so mm. somebody kind of cheekily asked him like, well, what happens if you oh, win another set? Yeah. What happens when you win That's another cool. one? And he said something along the lines of, oh, I guess we'll have to redo the, the trademark image for it. But I, I hope that maybe that might entice people. I just think it's really hard to break into this stuff. And I think a reason why Nike has kind of taken a step back is golf has at least playing-wise, it seems even more mainstream than it ever has been. The, the Tiger's not drawing the same eyes on the television as he did when he was in his heyday, and golf, you know, when he's not there in general, is definitely not either. But I think more people are playing than ever. So there's the reason why Nike, I think, went out is because Nike makes for everybody. They make for every type of sport, and so they always just did golf, and people would buy Nike because they knew what Nike is. But now people know all these brands, the the Robax and the whatever they're all called. I, I don't oh know them because I don't Grayson, really golf. Robax. I mean, there's a billion of them. Puma that, that makes gear with yeah, the P hat and stuff. Like yeah. they're, they're everywhere now. And so you're Tiger Woods. So that's obviously a huge leg up. But a lot of it is very situated. And a lot of it is very expensive and made mm-hmm. to last. And I don't know how many people after basically over, like you said, the Lululemon thing is what, over the last eight years or so? Yeah. And that's become a huge thing. Well, how many people who just spent on those really nice, highly durable clothes are ready to just go buy all new ones from Tiger, and is there going to be enough demand to really keep this company? And then hopefully, right now they're starting with men's golf apparel, but they hope to open it up into women's and children's and have all the leisure wear and everything. Does Tiger need to get somebody who is currently dominating either the PGA Tour, who has defected to to live golf, for the launch of this, so that people see somebody actively out there every weekend wearing the stuff or is tiger a big enough brand in 2024 that he just needs to launch it by himself i think it's the latter Uh, i still think he's the far and away the biggest star in the sport even crippled and beaten up and broken and all of it i still think he's the biggest um and by the looks of it it doesn't look like this is all going to be necessarily like polos and golf pants like he's looking for that look Mm -hmm. that those brands we mentioned have he's looking for the piece of that market and 10 years ago, there wasn't even five years ago, there weren't that many people living in that space. And now it's infinite. Like there will be 65 ads on my Instagram of this type of stuff. Like it's just every day. Where, where do it's I like, want how my do you 20% break through that clutter? Right. I don't know. It's tough. You, I don't know how you do it. Can Tiger do it on Instagram? Can Tiger do it in the social space? That's where he'll try. It would be interesting for somebody who, you know, whoever covers golf consistently and is like at them, like kind of like tracking like how many people, fans, not even the players, the fans wearing Sunday red gear. And like, is that going to go up over the course of this golf season? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, are you going to, I mean, just think about even like Jack, as iconic as Jack is, like he tried a bunch of stuff with clubs and balls and gear and it's iconic around here, but it's not like you see it around the country it's hard it's a hard business to crack it also has to people have to like it too like they have to like the For styles sure. they have to like the way it feels the way it fits not that i think that tiger woods is gonna like chintz on quality but still the people seem to like the brands that they've chosen at this point 
Yes. You're, if you're going to spend $120 on a hoodie, it better be good. That's the, right. that's the reality of it. We'll hit a uh, thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. We used to have a billboard with our host face on it, but only ugly people work here now. You mama say you ugly. Hey, the fan Ohio sports desk. Keep your friends close and your producers closer. You're listening to Bishop and friends. I tell you a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, fellas. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. First one today, Texas Tech never trailed in a lopsided 79-50 to victory over sixth-ranked Kansas that saw Bill Self ejected for the first time in his 21 seasons as the Jayhawks' head coach. The 29-point loss Monday matched Kansas's largest against an unranked opponent in the AP poll era since 1948-49, the other being against Kentucky in 1950. It was also the 33rd time this season that an AP Top 10 team lost on the road to an unranked opponent already the most through the month of February in a single season in AP poll history thing or not a thing so Beamsy loves Kansas and there is they had them all pick a non-Buckeye blue blood for hoops when they were little so he loves Kansas and on the way to school yesterday I said well what do you think and he's like they'll lose dad I promise you they're gonna lose and I like, how do you know he goes they always lose away from from the fog dad they're gonna lose and then so we watched I watched a little of the game after the Cavs game was over I watched the start of it they were down 15 in like two minutes like it was essentially over right away. So my hunch is, and I didn't, I knew it was over, so I stopped. And my hunch is that Self was like, "This will fire up my team, maybe, and make them have fight and have give a damn." The bigger reason it's a thing, though, is college basketball is. I talked about this a little bit yesterday with Kentucky. Like Kentucky already has seven losses; they've lost those four out of six. Coach Holtman mentioned in the in the last break about how Wisconsin's lost four in a row. Like they were number six, chaos. and now they're twenty. Yeah. Yeah, it's straight chaos right now in, in, in the sport. It just is. It's just parody is everywhere all around, and you just got to find a way to navigate it. You know he's a true Kansas basketball fan when he says when they lose, always lose away from the fog. That's what he said. Yeah. But they it, always lose away from the fog. Yeah, yeah the 29-point thing is it is a thing in that to point you guys are making. Like You can't really, week to week, figure out what college basketball is. And uh, I think we'll see. In March, if that makes it a more exciting product, because I don't yeah. think anybody knows what to make of it right now, even the coaches. And yeah, that's what I first, it was like front page on ESPN.com this morning was like, Bill Self gets tossed for the first time. And I was like, yeah, he's probably just trying to throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. And they were down too much at that point to be like, okay, let's try this. Yeah. So, maybe, but definitely a thing. Maybe he was just tired of watching it and decided to get ejected. Yeah, Bo, you ever been ejected coaching? I had a guy, um, I called a timeout in our league tournament three weeks ago with 32 seconds on the clock. With 30 seconds on the clock, rather, I called a timeout in a tie game, set up a play. Um, they were full court pressing. Um, I got my my guy was probably seven feet from half court. They called a 10 second call with, and I looked up on the clock and it said 22.7. And I went over and I said, "It's impossible." And he said, "Coach, it was 12 seconds. If you don't go sit down, I'm teeing you up." And I went. In what world? I'm just doing math. How is ten different? There's How did no you way find ten is twelve seconds in that eight seconds. In that eight seconds, yeah. So that's. I'm usually pretty calm though. Also, something the FBI couldn't do: get Bill Self and Big Twelve refs got him on a Monday night on ESPN earlier. Here's Jeff Saturday on a Tuesday talking about why the Bears should keep Justin Fields and. Draft Caleb Williams, number one overall. The reality is it's an inexact science. 
And if you know what you have in Justin Fields, you know you potentially could have a lame duck coach. If you're the organization and you have watched what happened to Mitchell Trubisky, you have watched what has happened to Justin Fields at this point, why would you go draft the first pick in the draft, throw him into a very similar, if not exact, situation and expect a different result? When you have a guy in the building that you can build around, and I'm not saying he is Alex Smith, but very similar to the Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, allow Caleb Williams to develop, see what the game really is, how good can he be, how good can Fields be, Maybe his trade value goes way up because the reality is Caleb Williams is not winning a Super Bowl his first year in Chicago. Your team isn't winning it. So why don't you actually take care of Caleb Williams instead of trying to do the exact same thing you've already done and expect something different? Thing or not a thing. I mean, this is, hey, we've got a lot of time to fill. If anyone has any idea to talk about quarterbacks in the NFL, we'd love to hear it. Is That's what that is. Um, the, it's such a stretch to compare Fields to Alex Smith. At the time the, that Mahomes was drafted to Kansas City, Alex Smith was had to be ten years into his league, into his career at, at that time. Fields is a young quarterback still. Like th- those situations are not comparable in in any way, shape, or form. Um, and whichever one, they're both so they're both young quarterback. No, it makes of course it's nonsense. I was trying to make some sense of it. No, there is no sense to be made. It's nonsense. You'd never do that. No, and it's, I mean, Alex Smith also was, you know, he was on some of the, it was tough at the beginning, but with Harbaugh, his Niners career got better and then eventually made the switch over to Kaepernick, but then he was also good on the Chiefs, not as good as they, they have been since well, then. Well, the Kaepernick thing happened that, with an injury, though, Chopper. Like, it was Smith's injury. They drafted him in the yeah. second round, but it was Smith's injury that But the point is, there was a yeah. lot of experience and a lot sure. of time in the league, yeah. and so he had stuff to give, whereas Fields only been in the league three years he would have stuff to teach him but it's not the same as like bringing a guy under your wing and handing the place over so what are you, is that going to disgruntle fields you want to take that risk also if you're worried about making things better for caleb williams don't make the same mistake you made with justin fields and put nobody around him if you trade justin fields you get picks and you're going to be able to use at least some of them this year depending on how the trade works out some of them could be next year too possibly okay but you'll get some picks this year and you can use that to put weapons around caleb williams Williams, which is really what he needs. He doesn't need the tutelage of a three-year vet also no. there who's trying to win the job at the same time. He's not ready. Fields isn't ready to hang it up and <laughs> toss the baton over. Like if Tannehill were, Tannehill hasn't proven to be like good at this, but if he were good at this, like would it, it would make sense for the Bears to bring in somebody like that, play him for a year, and mm-hmm. then go to, K- I think there's some value in that. Flacco. Flacco. There's, that would be a good one. Yeah. Joe Flacco for a year. That would be a very good one. This one, uh, passing it along from a friend of the program, Amanda Kristovich, she was talking about how there was a hearing today for the Tennessee and Virginia attorneys general on the lawsuit against the NCAA's NIL rules. A judge could have granted a preliminary injunction, which would bar the NCAA from enforcing its NIL rules until a trial. But unfortunately, well, or fortunately, I don't know. No ruling today per reporters who were in the court. She says, though, that she's sure that they will have one by the end of the week, though. Thing or not a thing? So that isn't a thing, but it is a thing. Did you guys see they hung a giant victory tee, Tennessee? I, I didn't know how to work like, it work it in there, so I'm glad yeah, you brought it up. Yeah, so they hung that outside the courthouse, well, just like, so um, you were aware. Like one of those like, ride, it like hydraulic Yeah, it's a yeah. crane. Yeah, they had a giant Tennessee tee flag oh, hanging over it, just so you know where you are, kids. It's just going to be entertaining when they try to do something similar again next year. The NCAA, I mean. And hoping a court's going to give them a decision. I never thought I would know so much about preliminary injunctions. Or was that the yeah. one that the what was the 
the suspension of it that Michigan was going for, and we were talking about that. that temporary was, restraining temporary order. Temporary restraining order. Yes. We're all becoming lawyers yeah, because we right. like college football. Like, at some point, I, and I think that's probably what the SEC Big Ten thing is going to be mostly about, is how do we stop being in court? Stop suing each other. Yeah, well, we even Ross Bjork talked about it. He's like, we got to stop waiting for a judicial body to yes. hand us the decision. And also, is Tennessee, is your plan to get the NCAA to not enforce their rules on you? Or is your plan to actually like advance the rules into a way that they make more sense? Because I assume it's the it's former, the, in which case former. nothing happens then. That's no. not useful to anybody. No, it's definitely the former. You just worry about yourself, survive another day. That's all it is. Well, Blitz, the NFL Super Bowl edition coming up next. Bishman Friends right here on The Fan. Common man and T-Bone are idiots. You should listen to them anyway. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio's idiot destination. Not interested in Iowa football? Too bad. Shops will tell you about it anyway. This is Bishop and Friends. So did you guys see this yesterday that uh, Abraham Lincoln's actual birthday is was yesterday? Yeah, I knew that because my mom's birthday was always one day before it and her birthday was on Sunday. So that remains true, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so it'd be very easy to just align this all. (laughs) Right. This this is, I mean, it would not have been hard to make yesterday President's Day. Feels like second Monday in February, President's Day. And it's only in February because there's like three of the important presidents who have birthdays or just two or something. They're all important. (laughs) I think G. Walsh is. Isn't George Washington in the mix? I think he is too. So it's at least those two. And I guess they just. So you're right. It moves. It's not technically associated with Mm -hmm. one of their birthdays per se. It's just somewhere in February. So why not just put it just after the Super Bowl? Make it the second second Monday in uh, in February, and, and problem is solved. And then you then you've got the day off. Well, it's been like a whole month since we had a holiday and a day off. Well, no, not even then because we had Martin Luther King Day. It's oh, been like three oh, weeks. Oh, dude. The, so I'm I'm off Thursday, Friday, and then the beginning of next week. The boys are off school. Like somebody said, are you taking them out of school? Oh no 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 no. They're off again. Um, they're off Thursday, Friday, Monday. <laughs> so they have a five day weekend again and this like is not spring month. break that's no, no, coming no. up that's coming up spring break is coming up um no they yeah i, I my hunch is the strategy is to shorten the summer because one of the yeah. complaints that teachers have is that the gap is too big and they spend the early part of the next year like relearning what they were supposed to already know and so they're trying to shorten the gap of the summer while giving more breaks throughout the year uh when i was a kid we didn't even have spring break so there was you had christmas vacation that's it there was no other holiday you had off. But then you were done by like May 15th. Yeah, now it easily goes into June. I remember Everybody visiting. June. We were in Brooklyn in June this past year, and it was later in the month, and it was still in school because J-Lo's uh, grandpa, he's a he's actually visiting us this weekend. He nice. is a teacher. So he was still in school while, while we were visiting, so he had something to do during the days. And I was like, man, how late does school go? And theirs is just natural because it's so diverse that they have all sorts of religious holidays throughout the yes. year but it seems like almost they're just doing it artificially they are kids school they just here are some days it's, randomly throughout they basically now have eight weeks off in the summer versus 12 yeah and they just work it do out. you like that better as a parent or is that too much to no i think it's around? much easier to i think it's much easier to do it the other way yeah i think it's because nobody else is off all these days right and then summer you also it's okay i have to account for this block yeah. of time not oh there's time off in the middle of february yeah. All right. No. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you have to do it. Um, all right. Let's blitz the Super Bowl. Bishop and Friends present NFL Blitz. 
Here we go. Last one. I believe I had that, Reese. What did you have? Chiefs plus two and a half. Mahomes, an underdog? That that doesn't sound right. Yep. We said that last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> right. Come right. on. It's funny. It goes back to what we said after the AFC Championship game of, did you ever really feel like the, you know, the that the Ravens had a chance? No. Even though that game was within 10 points for mm-hmm. a lot of it or 14 points, wherever it was, you know, 17 to 3 at a time. But when Mahomes is down 10... Not a doubt in my mind that that he's going to be able to to come back here and, and get this done. And then he gets the ball in overtime. Oh, only down three. Scored a touchdown to win. It's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to do it. And we've had that, yeah, this whole postseason, really. He is one of the few people. Usually, if I were to tell you, if, I, if we would have done this when we made the picks on Friday, if I would have said 78% of the money is on Kansas City, you would have said, bet the house on San Francisco. You would have said, bet the house. His inevitability even crosses betting logic because the house doesn't lose. So that's that, that's how much you knew. And at no point, the only ch- the chance that San Francisco had to win it is after he threw the pick and they were up ten to three. And they they had to out. turn that into a touchdown. That's when you cut the head of the snake off because you go up seventeen to three, and that might have been too much to overcome. But they didn't. They went three and out. And then they then they get a stop, and then it goes off the heel, and then it's done. At that point, you're cooked. Uh, there's a couple of possessions there. Uh, I didn't have that. What didn't you have, Reese? I didn't have the Taylor Swift was only shown for 54 seconds. That's less than one percent of the total viewing time for Super Bowl 58. Like I thought, it would at least be a minute. I have a theory on this, and I think this one felt like you saw her a bit more often, um, even though it only still ends up being under a minute. And I think the weird thing about it is, because of how corporate and how expensive the Super Bowl is, there aren't the fun fans to cut away from. There's no guy who paid thousands of dollars for a ticket who is wearing a giant Chiefs chain and a big thing on his head. And there's no guy in in a 49ers face paint. There's nobody to... It's just like all these people who are just... Some of them might not even be as interested in the game as you normally get. So Taylor was the only thing to show. That's not what I had. Those people may be there, but they're way up. Yeah. And so it's not the, the same thing as when you get them as season ticket holders. Um, I didn't have the Super Bowl starting fumble, punt, 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 field goal, fumble, punt, punt. And then <laughs> finally a touchdown that made it 10-0 San Francisco with 423 left in the second. Yeah, um, there's a reason that SpongeBob and Patrick were making Iowa jokes in the middle of the first quarter. I, I did not have how popular Usher remains with women my wife's age. When he took his shirt off, they it was like Magic Mike. They were screaming and shrieking. It was a scene, man. Like, he's got that demo. There's no question about it. And then he got engaged. After the Super Bowl, he, he asked his longtime Wait a minute. Did he do it on the field? Not on the field. Ah. No, 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 no. no. Actually, <laughs> maybe. I think he got married. He may have gotten married in Vegas. Not engaged. Well, he you, may have gotten you know, married. Pop on over to a chapel, block yeah, away. They're, they're there. But um, I think you may need to peruse some of Usher's lyrics and then maybe figure out why women like it no, so much. I get, yeah, I, it's been a long time. With I want Usher to make love in this club. <laughs> in this club. Hmm. That's about the only part of that be? song you can say on the radio. About? There you go. Um, player who uh, who impressed the most, Reese? Uh, I heard this on Monday because I was just looking. Uh, a true radio professional, Kevin Harlan from Westwood One. First and goal at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. 
Four-man front, receiver motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hardman caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won! The entire bench empties! Chasing Mahomes in the end zone! Their third Super Bowl in five years! The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions! Properly encapsulating just the emotion, the bigness of that moment. He's so good. He's so good. I wish he was on more. I wish he was on network. I wish he was a play-by-play voice of network stuff. He's so good. I think he, he used to do the 2K games or something. There's a video game where he did it, and like his voice is so good that he doesn't. It doesn't sound canned when it was in the video no. game. Like whenever I hear him, I think like immediately I think to the video game. But then I know this is live, or you know it was live when he recorded. But even in the video game, it just sounds that He's good. The best. Player impressed me the most. Um, like I said, I was very excited to see Ludacris. I thought there was a really really strong chance that he was uh, going to be out there, but he was my favorite part of the halftime show and i'm not sure if they were regulation size but he did come out in shoulder pads i say hey you know what in the fast and furious movies he went from being a guy who like worked on cars to hacking into security systems of (laughs) government so why not just let him go out on the football field he seems like a guy who can't adapt let him wear his halftime show thing and go into the game in the second half i would have loved that i'll I'll go easy it's Mahomes. The, the the inevitability of him is there aren't it's tiger back in his apex you know there's a few people certainly brady had it jordan had it um just this inevitability of well he's going to go score and he did and it's like well it's, you're not even nervous you're like yeah he's going to go i'm not that's how this is going to end they're going to go score a touchdown right now uh player who disappointed the most Reese. this was kind of tough for me to pick a most disappointed i mean christian mccaffrey at the beginning of the game like your team you're driving like you cannot fumble in that situation Obviously, he was able to, to score a touchdown later in the game, but Trent Williams on one drive had back-to-back penalties against him. Just offensively for the San Francisco 49ers, it was they were never able to get something coherent at all, it felt like. like They had to do a trick play to get a touchdown on the board, and that was even a wobbly pass that you're like, whoa, not everyone can play quarterback in that system, I guess. Because they were trying to come back for most of the game, it was actually the Chiefs players that disappointed me the most that stood out in in my brain when I was looking back on this. And the one that stood out the most because he had a good run through the playoffs last year and a good Super Bowl was uh, Isaiah Pacheco, the running back. He had just 59 yards, 3.3 yards per carry, but he lost that fumble on the 9-yard line. That's, you know, to go back to what you said about Christian McCaffrey, same thing. You, you can't go and do that, and it became a guy they couldn't count on in there and because of the fumble that's what led to travis kelsey pushing and yelling at andy Reid, and so it even created controversy that's mine it's travis kelsey that was outrageous it's outrageous behavior to do that to get physical with a coach and scream at him that way it was just nonsense total nonsense um and he said afterwards i hope that that audio doesn't show up well come to find out and there's already audio of him hugging chris jones he was mic'd up so the audio exists the question is will it be like the miles garrett uh Mason Rudolph, where it disappears forever, or no will cameras it ever or be surfaced? The Super Bowl. Yeah, no, he w- he was miked. So the audio exists. The question is, will it ever see the light of day? Bud Kilmer, honorary coach of the week. Who do you got, Reese? Well, it's Andy Reid because he won the Super Bowl, but Steve Spagnolo deserves a ton of credit for the run that Kansas City's been on. Uh, I, I said this yesterday, but I'll reiterate: the three best teams to lose in the last twenty years uh, were the 07 Patriots. That was the best team ever to lose the Super Undefeated. Bowl. Uh, he was the DC of the New York Giants in that one. And the 2020, the 2019 Niners were third. The 2023 Niners were second. Spagnolo was defensive coordinator of the teams that beat those teams. 
Yeah. It's impressive. Uh, yes. David uh, Taub, I believe it is. Um, I don't know if you guys know who this is, but I'm giving him credit. I don't know which Kansas City coach gets credit for this, but he's the assistant head coach and special teams coordinator. So with the assistant head coach on there, maybe he was in on those meetings and said, hey, guys, we're going to sit down and learn what the overtime rules are. <laughs> in the, <laughs> I don't know why I attribute that with special teams as well. It just seems like they all kind of coincide. It's like sure. who's going to focus on that kind of stuff. And because the Chiefs knew, they they talked about it after the game, that we knew what we wanted to do, what we were going to do. If They even knew the other situation. If we got the ball, if we got the ball second and they had scored, we were going to go for two. They already had that. And the 49ers players were a little bit confused on what the rules were. So credit to whichever coach in Kansas City made sure that his guys knew the difference in overtime postseason to regular season. Yeah, there's there's no question. I and it's Reed, it's Spagnolo, it's it's the, their whole operation. It's also the fact that I think for the first time people understand somehow grasp that it's Spagnolo. Like I didn't know that, but I actually heard people on the pregame show not call him Steve Spagnola. First time ever. Yes. And now I So now I hear it's it like known. Now it's known. Like for all ten years of his career, nobody knew. Now everybody knows. Probably because they all listened to this show and research. Right. Yeah. Explained it. He explained it. Top three teams right now, Reese. Who do you got? Browns, Chiefs, 49ers. <laughs> I have uh Chiefs Ravens 49ers. I'm still holding that against the 49ers, what the Ravens were able to do to them in the regular season. And the 49ers also weren't crazy impressive throughout the playoffs. The comeback was awesome against Detroit. They could have easily lost that game. Yeah, I got. I, I'll go Chiefs, Niners, um, and Ravens in in that as well. I think Buffalo was really close for me uh, being in there. I just don't know that no one was going to beat this Chiefs team. Um, your Super Bowl for twenty twenty five right now. Who do you got, Reese? The Browns and the Forty Niners. Browns and Niners, baby. I'm just Kenny gonna, Dorsey. Kenny Dorsey going to make Deshaun he's Watson. Gonna right. do it. He's going to unlock he's gonna whatever's unlock been there, whatever's yeah. there. There feels no reason to not pick the Chiefs, and then I didn't want to pick the 49ers again, so I went with the Lions, who were this close to making it this year. It just feels like it's going to be these two again. It does. They're I just running, didn't want to say the same I thing know, again. I know, but like the Niners are running it right back. The Chiefs will have to deal with Chris Jones and that, but other than that, they're they're there. Like they're going to be here's this. This is the the part, and we're going to get into this conversation coming up next. The time to get Kansas City was now was the last two years. They traded Tyreek Hill. This was the transition phase. Now they can build. Now they can build, which it makes the task for the Browns and Bengals so difficult. The biggest questions for both going into this offseason, the combine just two weeks away. Coming coming up next, Bishop and Friends, right here on the fan. This promo is brought to you by Common Man and Timmy Hall's Ping Pong Game. The Fan. Taking the art of sports radio and day drinking to a whole new level. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Well, there's no better time to sign up for the Tipico Sportsbook and get in on the betting action. You got the hoops, the hockey, the golf, biggest college hoops tournament coming up in March. It's all right around the corner. Plenty of games to bet on and win big. Take advantage of those massive odds boosts for the biggest payouts. Try the new parlays where you can pick how many legs you need to hit and then cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim your new sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get your bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more. Um, so now the offseason is here in the National Football League. In the, off the top, in the first hour of the program, we talked about um, the Steelers and that 
the realization that where they are at quarterback ain't good enough to be at the level that they need to be at. And potentially they could be in the mix for Justin Fields, Adam Schefter on McAfee show talking about the admiration that Mike Tomlin has for Justin Fields and that potentially that would be a fit. Um, this is where we are in the sport right now for better in the terms of the Bengals. And for right now, for worse for the Browns, they have their quarterbacks. Um, the question for there are questions around both of them, um, and I do think it is fair to question Joe Burrow's health. I, I don't think that that's something that we can just dismiss. He has missed parts of two seasons and has lost parts of two seasons and the ends of two seasons to injury. That's real. So he has to stay healthy. When he's healthy, they play in the AFC Championship game or they play in the Super Bowl uh, when he finishes out a season. When he doesn't, you know what happens. So they've got to find a way to keep him upright. That That is job one in Cincinnati. Job two is finding a way, because I, I think if you were to hook any Bengals fan up to a lie detector test, they would say that if you go back a year from now, this was their year to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. This was it. They 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 had everybody. They had spent. They had Higgins and Chase and and everything that you would think that you would need to go make a run. But the injuries happened, and they weren't over, able to overcome it. They they have a T Higgins problem, and they've got to figure out what to do with from with him and handle it. the 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 talk out of there has always been they that the the plan is to keep him. Burrow even said that when he did his contract, like he wants to keep everybody together. But I just don't understand the math on it how you do. I don't know how you keep him and them all together for the long term. They could tag him, but even that seems unlikely. Go ahead, Reese. Well, Paul Daner from The Athletics says the Bengals are expected um, to tag Higgins. I guess the salary projected would be $20.7 million. Uh, Daner says the team has the cap space to carry that into the 2024 season. That Joe Burrow's cap number remains relatively low in 24 before jumping up by nearly $20 million in 2025. They have till March 5th to issue that tag on him. And so Jamar is entering their his That's... fourth year, and they have to figure out. Obviously, they're going to pick up his extension, and then they have to figure out if they want to make that deal this year or enter into the final year of his contract because it wouldn't start this year, but it would give you an indication of where you are money wise, which I think would just lead you to be very enticed to trade T. Higgins, even if you do tag him, and even if he does make it into the season. Yeah, I mean, this feel you know this reminds me of, and it, it reminds, and if hopefully they can for their sake, they can be as. It can work out as well as it did for the team that I'm about ready to discuss. It feels like the Stephon Diggs to Buffalo deal where Minnesota said, we, we can't pay all these people. They shipped him to Buffalo. They got a first rounder in return, and then they turned that first rounder into Justin Jefferson. Um, and that's one where initially it worked for everybody, right? Higgins was an immediate boost to Josh Allen. Now, of course, if you're Buffalo, you'd rather have Justin Jefferson. But like nobody knew Justin Jefferson was going to be what Justin Jefferson is when the Vikings drafted him. Um, but that, to me, feels like where the Bengals could be where you tag Higgins and then flip him and then you draft his replacement in the first round. And it's weird because I think like what you were saying, where like last year was their true window with this group of players. I think that's what they wanted to do all along. They were going to take the chance of like, we're not going to trade Higgins when he is definitely worth the most to, to what we could get because he's still on his rookie deal and he's seen as a one, a one wide receiver and everything, but we're going to run it back this year. And then maybe we can tag him and figure something out and maybe still get something for them. But now they're in this point where the season didn't go as you thought last year and you're still here with Higgins. So what do you do? Yeah. 
Who I mean, pay? I guess that's the, the biggest question for the Bengals for sure. It, that's it. That's the number one thing. I mean, they they've got a first round pick. They've got they they have a really nice team. The health of Burrow is something that they can't control. But I'm guessing there'll be a lot of dialogue about you know him getting down, him st- getting rid of the ball quicker, don't hold the ball so long in the pocket. They might change some of the what they do offensively because Joe likes to hang in the pocket and mm-hmm. wait and wait and hit those deep shots and. They, they may take some of that out of the offense to protect him because you, you can't have him not play six, 17 games. He's, he has to. It's the four teams that were in the NFL final four, their quarterbacks played all the games. You have to have that. You have to have quarterbacks playing every week. It's, there's no other way around it or you just, you can't advance. Um, so th- that dialogue will happen around them. The Higgins thing is fascinating. Um, you said March 5th, Reese on that. Correct. So. They'll tag him, and then they'll either keep him for next year and lose him for nothing, or my hunch is they'll flip him and and do a deal. And he is a one. I mean, the odd thing is, like, the one place that could really use him is Cleveland. They would love to have somebody like that. Probably won't. Because they can't draft him. (laughs) No, they don't have a first-round pick, so they they can't draft him. They've also proven that they really struggle at drafting that position. Oh, yeah, don't draft a wide receiver. No, they're good at about everything else. They They draft offensive linemen great, corners, secondary, linebackers. Um, all of those things, but the skill positions on offense, it's a blind spot for Andrew Barry. They haven't drafted good at the running back position. They thought Jerome Ford would be better than he was. He was fine, but he is by no means a replacement for Nick Chubb long term at all. Um, and the same would be true, I think, of the wide receiver position. Remember, AB was high on Corey Coleman when they drafted him years ago when he was uh, on that staff as well. And then you're talking about Tillman, you're talking about Anthony Schwartz. Like it, that hasn't worked. The only one they kind of, I mean, maybe Tillman turns into something. He was a, he didn't do much in year one. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones was kind of the only one who, and he was a six round pick and then they traded him. Wasn't there a high, he was like an NFL guy. Wasn't there a high ceiling guy that had off the field problems that ended up getting cut from the team anyways, but they drafted him (laughs) too. Like, well, true. Uh, Callaway, Antonio Callaway. Yeah. I thought you were going another way there because a guy who came in for a visit. And talent-wise, they loved, but they passed because of the character was George Pickens. Oh, yeah. So that was the guy. So the, when you said that, I thought you were going down that road, but it was Antonio Callaway that they took and then drafted. But yeah, they, ha- they have to buttress that position in a big way. They're, you are not good enough. Here's the, here's the other thing. Like, if you think Nick Chubb's going to be Nick Chubb right away, there's no way. I mean, that's just not happening. I mean, he may get back to Nick Chubb at some point, but it's not happening to start the season. He might not play in a game till October. They're optimistic that he... I'm sure they are. <laughs> but it's it's hard <laughs> like, to wrap your head around it. It's optimism I mean, like, and then it's being realistic. I, I also wonder, too... He went with, the wrong way. With, yeah. with what happened with Flacco and Stefanski being like, see, my offense does work. How much of it is he going to give in the tug of war to be like the right type of offense for Deshaun? Versus it, he still wants to run what he knows works. And how much is he going to give one way or the other? You asked the question and you answered it with the question. Because if you look at what changes they made on the offensive staff, that tells you what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The edict has been have to make four right. I'm glad the play action under center stuff worked and it was cutesy. Make four right. Like that's all that matters. So they need a, they need a big target receiver to pair with Amari um and and they need they honestly need to draft a running back too so, because they need so they need they need uh they need two playmakers one out of the backfield and one on on the edge so the real question is can Stefanski give enough of his offense in that direction to make sure that four works that's that's the job 
That's the very big job for them this offseason. Both of them have huge question marks heading into it. It'll be fun to see how they're able to answer those questions. Uh, A little bit of Shelly time, uh, Jody. He's up in Ottawa. Uh, Look forward to that conversation and how his break went coming up next. Fisherman Friends right here on The Fan. This Buckeye Football Impact Report is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. On The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Ohio State Football Impact Report. We all know that college football has changed not just because of the transfer portal, but as Ohio State head coach Ryan Day explains, name, image, and likeness is something they all have to navigate. It changes all the time. Um, Boy, it's changed in the last year. It changed um, in December, and it's probably going to change again in May. So it's um, it's something that we all have to adapt to, um, and we're working hard. I think you know um, you know everybody involved has been working really hard to make sure that where we need to be to be competitive. And so um, we'll keep trying to adapt the best we can, knowing that I'm sure there are changes coming again in the next couple of months. So, um, but but I think you know all that is very important. But what's most important is you know guys embracing the culture and knowing that when they come in the building every day, they're going to be part of a program that cares about each other, got a great locker room, got a great staff. This report brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Hi, this is Paul Keels. This Buckeye season, don't let a broken windshield ruin your game plan. Safe Light Auto Glass makes it easy to get your windshield fixed with their mobile glass shops all over central Ohio. They can come to you anywhere, giving Buckeye fans more time for game time. O-H? Man, I love that. Schedule at SafeLight.com. SafeLight Autoglass is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. SafeLight Repair! SafeLight Replace! Libman makes a difference. The Libman Mock Crew is a part of our winning team. The Libman Mock Crew makes sure the hardwood is safe and clean for the players every game at the Schottenstein Center. No matter what kind of flooring you have at your home court, Libman has the tools to keep it clean. Our mops, brooms, and brushes are proudly family-made in the USA. Visit Libman.com to see our whole lineup and for a store locator. That's Libman.com. Libman, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. For more than 35 years, Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse has been known by Buckeye Nation as serving the best steaks in the city. Our thick-cut, aged steaks have been a staple in Columbus with three locations in Upper Arlington, Dublin, and downtown. Hyde Park is proud to introduce our newly added wine room at the downtown Columbus location, where a new elegance in dining will surround you. And coupled with live entertainment every weekend, Hyde Park will be the perfect setting for any occasion or the perfect night out. Hyde Park is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! Awesome. Drop the gloves. It's Shelly time. Sponsored by Schottenstein Roofing. Proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, a little bit of Shelly time. It's been a minute. How was your break, pal? I know you went to work this weekend, but before that, did you get a little time away? I did. Well, not away. No, um, you know, when you have a young man in high school and my daughter's in the eighth grade, you do a lot of picking up the duties at home, driving, uh, being around the house, so it was nice. I did do a couple days in New York to do some work, but uh, other than that, 
just relaxed and hung out with the family. That's very nice. Yeah, you remember where their schools are and stuff? Uh, yeah, UPS. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I do. Come on. I'm not that detached. I know, brother. Hey, um, this look the, the this thing. I mean, the injuries and all of it. Like you know, this is a team that's it's it's been a struggle. Obviously, this season there's been a billion injuries and um, the Fantilli stuff, which takes some of the luster off of it. Um, what is the stated goal here uh, in the in from here till the end? What, what what are you looking for? What do you think the organization's looking for? Um, how do how do we as fans approach the rest of the way here? Well. We want wins. I mean, you know, the other night against Tampa, scored two goals from Boone Jenner late. You feel the excitement in the building. You know, the fans love their Blue Jackets. It's an exciting team to watch. Yes, there's mistakes, but you get a few wins here now, um, in my opinion. It just changes everything. And, and I feel like for Pascal Vincent, it kind of stamps what he's trying to do. You know, it's one thing to ask players to do things and, and talk about the process, but when you get results, it validates what the coach is trying to do. I, I think that's a big part of it. Also, watching the young kids grow. You know, I think we've seen Sillinger take that step or two. Uh, Chinnikov got hurt last game. He was starting to do that. Zach Wierenski now looks like himself after that season, that season-ending injury last year and then starting this year and getting injured again. I mean, he dominated last game against Tampa, so... You look for who's a big piece of the core and, and how they're going to drive this the rest of the way. Yeah, and I, I think when I when I think of that, I think of I think of Pascal Vincent, and I think about you know how, how he ended up on the job, what he's trying to get done. Um, he is kind of you know through through force and and playing time and ice time and all things kind of put his imprint on it. Um, I, for him, I would think this is critical. Um, it's it's I, I'm with you. I just don't think you can limp to the finish line. I don't think you can be a Let's just play out the string. Obviously, guys like Boone Jenner are going to make sure that doesn't happen or do their very best to make sure it doesn't happen. But um, there's a ton of hockey to be played, and I do think it's critical for him that this thing goes well here down the stretch, or at least they're playing the right way. Yeah, and, and you know what? When you think about it, Bo, when you have an established coach who's been, I want to say established, I mean, he's been there for a couple of years. Players already know what to expect. They know the system. So you look at Boston. You look at Vegas. You look at the teams that are at the top. You look at Tampa. You know, there's a core group that understands how things are done on a daily basis, why they're done, because they've produced results. And that, for a coach, is a huge jumpstart to anything. And right now, you know, we've listened to Pascal. We, we evaluate him 10 games in. We evaluate him 30 games in. Now we're over 50 games in. So you're starting to see, and I think the players are starting to see, kind of, okay, how things work, how things are going to work, what the relationship is between the coaching staff and the players. So all those things, when it comes to winning hockey games on a regular basis, they all have to add up. So for him especially, to have his, his – and we hear him say even after a loss, uh, you know, I see the the spirit of the team. I see how things are coming together. I mean, coaches would say that, mm-hmm. you know, for job security. But I honestly think he says that because he does see it. He's been a very good evaluator of what he is and what his team is. And I think that that's probably what we're going to see pop here, hopefully, in the last little bit. It's a, it's a crucial part of the growth of the team. It really and is. A young team, you know, a young team, a new coach. Uh, in his first year, he's learned a ton, but also they're kind of learning about each other on the fly. So 
to see it come together, I, I think we're seeing it more and more. I really do. Yeah. And plus the energy level. Like the energy level of these guys. There's been a grind in that first half. It's been a tough uh, schedule. And I know everyone has tough schedules, but it's all part of things that are even uh, a bigger uphill climb when you do have young players and a young coach. Yeah, and, and one of those guys, you and I have not talked uh, on the show since the Fantilli injury was known. Um, we knew that he went out, but we had no idea the severity of it. Um, obviously a huge blow. Uh, just from everybody, just want even his development, all of it. It's it's an enormous, enormous blow, uh, enormous blow on, on that side of things. Uh, have you had a chance to talk to him and it, just the disappointment, I suppose, that that surrounds that? I did see him briefly initially at the end of that road trip. Just you know, he was thankful that he did have some kind of cut proof sock on his, on the back of his leg there. Yeah. Um, Obviously discouraged, uh, but a little bit thankful it wasn't worse. But, you know, now's the time where I haven't seen him. He's away from the team, but you come out of the break. Uh, you know, there is a time where you kind of, like, accept the injury. But I'm sure here in the next couple of weeks when he sees his, see his team playing a lot of games, he's going to get anxious to get back with the group and, and get back into it. And that's not, I mean, the injury, of course, is terrible. But that absence and absence and trying to get back with the team, it drives you a little more. Sometimes yeah. in the season you get in a rhythm and things get, you know, these are the dog days they call them. Um, you know, he's going to come back with some pop, so I'm excited for him to get through this and get back. But I would imagine the next couple of weeks uh, he's going to start feeling like, man, this really stinks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure it does because he was such an you know? And it stinks for the fans too, right? Because, you know, that's the one thing. Right. is like that kid's worth the price of admission just to see his growth and you want to see him get a full season under his belt. And Is there a sense that he'll be back, Jode, or is it just too early to tell? Well, they said eight weeks, right? And that's yeah. all I'm going off him. So the sense is that he'll get back to the end of the season, which would be a fantastic thing for him. I mean, you do not want to go in the offseason wondering how things are going and not remembering what, what NHL games are like. And you want them to play in those games against big teams who are desperate for points to make the playoffs at the end of the year. Um, you know, part of a winning streak would be great for the young man. So hopefully he does get back in time for that. Joe, I'm looking logistically. You guys are in Ottawa tonight, and then it's you go the West Coast trip with uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday out west in California. Um, do, do, you, do you come home right after this, or do, when do you guys head west? Big day tomorrow. We got to be home for that, Bo. Sure. Oh God. What are you doing for the missus? We don't. We don't, like, we don't want to have any secrets out there. You doing the right things? You taking care? No. You making her happy? Yeah, I'm trying. Right, you know, buddy. we're gonna come home. We're gonna come home for tomorrow, and then fly out Thursday. That's two days in advance of the game. That's usually the norm. Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll be back for Valentine's. <laughs> yeah, you got. I mean, that's a big one. I mean, you make sure we do those things right for all the guys out there listening. And Mr. Shelley is demanding the Blue Jackets fly home to make sure that he can take care of his wife. You make sure you take care of yours. Um, all right, give me right. what? Do you, where, where's your head at? We, we got you. Got a four game roadie here. Um, give me a couple of guys that you want to see how they respond. Well, there's a, there's a bunch of guys for me that it's. I like the way they're playing together as a group. I've liked the leadership last game. I thought Goodrow, Warensky, DeBranson, and Boone Jenner back has been huge. And I think that's such a critical part of, of this team is him back and having success. Um, I, I want to see how the young guys follow because, you know, even guys like Kovarov and Severson, they're new players here, but there's there's got to be more to their game as far as, 
impacting when you know they lose by a goal. They lose, you know, there's a turnover or whatever. I'd like to see a little more sharpness out of those two, but also how the young guys follow the, the Boone Jenner presence and, and what he brings to the team and those leaders I just mentioned. So guys like Cole Sillinger, Kent Johnson, um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a push here to the end of the season. And I think that this road trip, I thought the last road trip they played really well. There was only a couple segments where games got away from them. But I think those guys now, it's a critical part of what this organization is, is pushing pushing forward. And we talk about culture all the time, and it's a big part of it. To me, it's the Boone Jenner factor. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, hey, happy you know early, I mean? happy and early Valentine's. Go, go ahead. What do you got? The goaltending, you know. Oh, sure. Screw up a little bit. I mean, there needs to be that, those moments in games where they do make those saves that, that uh, they're asked to. So. Yeah. It looks like tonight it's Elvis back in the crease. So let's see how Elvis responds to that last game. I think he's a, there was a goal or two where he's probably not happy with himself. You can tell by how he reacted. Mm-hmm. And those things need to be shored up here a little bit. All right. Those are the things we'll be watching for. Enjoy the West Coast. That's always a fun trip, buddy. Uh, good talking to you, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, Paul. Thanks, buddy. Have a great day. All right, that's the great Jody Shelley with a little bit of Shelley time. We've got a giveaway for you. Uh, winner's going to get two tickets to the Buckeye women's game tomorrow against Nebraska. Remember, Nebraska just knocked off Caitlin Clark and Iowa. Uh, they are here tomorrow night uh, at the shot. Uh, let's go fourth caller at 821-9710. Going to scoop those up. we got three things coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Big Voice Guy here to remind you that you're listening to The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Okay, thanks. I have three more seconds. Uh, sports conversation that's worthy of a toast, or at least a stiff drink. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, Reese, what do we have on the poll today? Daily Fan Poll is sponsored by ER Auto Care, masters of our craft. Today's fan poll asks, if your favorite team was in the Super Bowl, how much would you be willing to spend on a ticket? Less than five grand, five to ten thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars or more, or must watch in a padded room. Sixty-seven percent of respondents say they'd spend less than five thousand. That's the limit. Must watch in a padded rooms, getting twenty-six percent. Less than two percent for ten thousand or more. Six percent say in five to ten grand is what they would spend if their favorite team was in the Super Bowl. <sighs> It's not what you want. I had a buddy of mine, diehard Bengals fan. He went to the one where they played the Rams, um, and and had like fifty yard line, but like third deck, and paid a pretty decent. He got a good. He didn't get crushed for it, um, and it was it was great. But at the same time, like it is not a fan experience. Go to the way that the, go, the conference championship. Yeah, go games. to home conference championship game. That's what it is. It. Like, yeah, I think I of the answer to that question. If if like my old diehard fandom, it would probably be padded room by myself is probably how I would do it. Cause I do not like watching sports with big groups. It's very difficult for me. I do not enjoy it. Especially if you're like into it, if you're, you're into it, yeah. if I'm locked in. Like I don't, I can't have the, the noise is it's too much. It's too much. Um, all right. Three things on the Tuesday. One, two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Uh, number one for me, this is DEFCON 2. We're at DEFCON 2. I have bought, um, yeah, I'm habitual. They're, I wear the same pants, the same tops, the same underwear, the same socks for years now. And I have bought a specific pair of socks for 
probably 15 years. They're the only socks that I wear. And it's become clear to me, and anytime I would buy them three, four times a year. Like, I, I always have at least 10 pair ready to go, at least. Um, and then there's usually some that are like, if the laundry doesn't get done, I've got probably another five to seven in reserves. This brand was bought by Target, and they don't make the variety that I used to like. An ultra-thin no-show sock that I wear with sneakers or, or anything. Like, it's gone. They don't make it anymore. So, yesterday, over the weekend, I, I started having to throw away because the, the holes are starting to happen in the socks. The panic's coming. I don't have any... I don't know what to do. Now I'm, in, now I'm in sock market again. So, I bought, like, six pair, six different varieties off of Amazon to figure out which one was best. And my wife was not giving me the... She didn't understand the, the, the magnitude of the situation at all. She's not supportive. She had... I go, I'm wearing two different socks right now. I'm trying to... I've had the same socks for 15 years. She's like, why do you have all these... Coming at me for it? Like, this is a big deal. And I still don't... I try some golden toes. I don't know. I need an ultra-thin, low-cut sock. I need I need them ultra-thin. Sometimes... I'm a size 10. I'll even wear, a lot of times I'll wear the, I'll buy, in the old days I would buy women's socks because I'd like them to be thin and tight. That's how I like them. And I can't, I'm in a, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. I did not find an answer, by the way, for the for the sock replacement. This is going to be a problem. I never liked the no-show, but to each their own. They just would never stay on my foot. They'd always fall off on the but heel. But these did. Mm. Chops. Then, then, these well, it, did. Then, yeah, then I understand why you liked them so much. It sucks. This is something that's been bugging me, so we park along the, the side here, right? You know, we've all done it, and there's a there's a fence, so there's, there's little line parking spots, and then there's a fence, and I think I figured out why. When I come out in the afternoon, it looks like my car is just a little bit askew. It's still in the lines. I'm not, like, parking outside the lines but it's not quite straight and I've noticed it over the last couple of weeks and I'm like why is it like that I feel like I'm hitting it correct in the morning and even sometimes I've like adjusted it in the morning and gone back in and be like okay it'll be good this afternoon I come out I think I know what it is. The fence is not perpendicular with the lines. No, it's the not. The fence is at a slight angle. So yep. when I pull in, I go into the lines, and then I start to use the fence as reference. That, okay, become parallel, my bumper parallel with the fence. But if you do that, then you're going to be crooked. So now i got to really pay attention to the lines as I'm coming in. Because I don't want to be the embarrassing guy parking askew out there. Mm-hmm. First thing for me, 321 college prospects were invited to the NFL's scouting combine. That's at the end of this month. Eight of those from Ohio State. You've got the route man, Mayan Williams, Cade Stover, Matt Jones, Michael Hall Jr., Still Chambers, Josh Proctor, and Tommy Eichenberg. Going to Indianapolis for that one. All right, there you go. Number two for me. Um, so NBC's phone is blowing up last night. And I'm like, what is going on? And his girlfriend's best friend was bugging him to ask her to be his girlfriend's valentine. And so she was wanting him to do it like now. Like, why haven't you done it yet? And he's like, I'm going to do it at school. Like, just relax. I'm going to handle it. Like, it's all going to be fine. She's like, no, you need to do it now. So I texted him and I said, I was talking to him. He's like, Dad, why do I even have to ask her to be my Valentine? Like, she's my girlfriend. Isn't it just implied? And I said, yes, I'm with you. I don't think you have to ask. I've never heard of such a thing. Like, she's his girlfriend. She's his Valentine. Why would he have to ask her again? He's already asked her to be his girlfriend. (laughs) No, there's no dance. It's just like observing the day. Why would he have to ask? Get her a Valentine, that's for sure. Correct. But yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I'm also in a Valentine's Day conundrum. We were talking with Jody about travel, what's going to happen. So JLo told me specifically what she wanted. And I said, all right, just send me the link. I can get that. So I ordered it last week. She told me about it on the weekend. I ordered it at the beginning of last week. Well, it's not here yet. So what if it's not here by tomorrow? I'm not really that worried about it. It gets here and then I'll give it to her. But... 
Do I tell her tomorrow that it's still shipping? Do I give her nothing and then just surprise her later no. in the week when it no. arrives? Do Not I get nothing. something else and then just never nothing? Tell her that the never. other gift is coming. I don't know. I like the I like the first the third option in combination with the first. Whatever she wanted, take the receipt, wrap it in a box, <laughs> and then that. get her flowers and that. So she opens the box, says, "Hey, this is coming," but then also flowers. She just bought flowers yesterday at the grocery store and put them in a vase. So. I, was that sneaky? Flowers by are the her? worst. Now I can't even do that. No. <laughs> so I know we said uh, uh, Elvis Merzlikens was going to get the nod in net tonight, but Jeff Swoboda reporting that Daniil Tarasov is going to go for the Jackets. Hey, unless Elvis is injured, he should be starting. We, we don't have time for three things, but like, this is going to be a slog with them. This is going to be brutal. Can't trade Tarasov. No, Fantilli. no, I mean, it's just, I, I don't understand. I do not understand like what the action would be from a jacket fan over the next couple of months. I don't even know what you're looking for. I really don't. It's it's really brutal. Um, all right, enjoy your Tuesday. Uh, we are back tomorrow. Rothman and Ice up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the fan. Matty Ice is currently bathing himself in creamy jalapeno dip, and I've officially run out of ways to tease this show. Rothman and Ice weekdays at noon. The fan. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet Gambling. Promo code one eight hundred Gambler. The Blue Jackets take on the Senators tonight in Ottawa. Ottawa is minus one ninety on the money line. If you like the CBJ to pull off the win, they're plus one sixty. The Stanley Cup favorite right now is Edmonton at seven to one. Boston's right behind them, eight to one, with Colorado and Florida both at nine to one. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good afternoon. I'm Matt Andrews. Cavaliers' nine-game winning streak ended last night, falling at home to Philly, 123-121. Cleveland nearly rallied from a 10-point deficit in the final 90 seconds. Head coach J.B. Bickerstaff. I mean, I don't expect our guys, you know, to ever believe they're out of it. You know, to be down, work our way back, give ourselves a chance at the end of it. Um, but I don't expect our guys to ever quit. Cavs will host Chicago on Wednesday. OSU men will try to make it back-to-back wins and snap their long road losing streak. A game tonight in Madison against number 20 Wisconsin. Coverage starts at 8, the tip at 9. Blue Jackets play their second game after their extended break tonight in Ottawa. Columbus lost 4-2 at home Saturday to Tampa. Tonight's game starts at 7 o'clock. This update is sponsored by Nature Stone. Schedule your free cost estimate today at naturestone.com. It's not just a floor. Wow, it's Nature Stone.